Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League. Show with two rugby league tragics. Talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Uh, as you heard at the top of the show there, you've got Graham and Griffo, uh, the chameleon, on board this week. Uh, Shano can't be with us. Um, he's having a bit of dental work done, so the uh, the, old, what. the old gums he's, won't be flapping as well as they normally are. He's keeping all the dentists employed during lockdown. Tell really? you what, yes, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely doing that. A bit of... Um, yeah, much needed healthcare by the essential workers happening on uh, Shano's mouth this week, just so that he can be in tip-top shape to uh, bring bring you carpool rugby league next week. But uh, before we get there this week, Griffo, we've got a well, we've got a stack show this week. We've got a lot of things to talk about. We've got uh, another round of the NRL to preview. And before we get into what's coming up in the NRL, we might just go back over some of the things that have happened in the past week because it has been quite an eventful uh, week, especially on the field. And we started off Thursday last week with the Newcastle Knights defeating the Brisbane Broncos 28 points to 20. On Friday, the Raiders, they've kept their finals hopes well and truly alive with a 20 to 12 win over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. South Sydney yet again put a big score on the board, uh, defeating the Eels 40 points to 12. The Warriors got the job done on Saturday against the Sharks, 18 points to 16. The Panthers yet again continue their winning ways and hold on to that second spot on the ladder with a 20 to 14 win over the Roosters. Uh, in what was dubbed one of the blockbusters of the round, the Storm were able to get over the Seagulls 28 to 18. On Sunday, the West Tigers, well, <laughs> they won what uh, what the boys had well and truly uh, dubbed and publicised as the Portaloo game of the week. Uh, 28 to 16, the Tigers got over the Bulldogs. And in the final game of the round, we saw the Titans defeating the Cowboys 36 points to 14. I think, Graham, um, you know, we well, Shane, uh, you know, has his... You don't have, always have a Portugal game of the round, but we haven't had one for a while, but it was predicted. And uh, lived up to the hype. You, you've got to say, well, <laughs> the, the sewerage was overflowing in that game. It was dreadful. Yeah. It, it, it really shows just where these teams are at and, and highlights, um, it, it highlights just the varied uh, abilities amongst teams this year in the competition. Because uh, just prior to that, on Saturday night, we saw a couple of really good good games. We did, fortunately. Yeah, fortunately. You, you would have been very happy about one of those results, in particular Griffo, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, I, uh, you know, on the on the program last week, I, I did tip the Panthers, um, but that was in the belief that Tavita Panga Junior was going to make his debut for Penrith, and, yep. and Nathan Cleary was going to play. Um, when it came known that those two guys weren't playing, uh, in another tipping comp that I'm in where you can actually 
change your tips um, up until, you know, just before kickoff. Mm. I actually did flip over in that to the Roosters um, because I just thought it was going to be too much for Penrith um, against a, a good quality side uh, with, you know, and I'd seen what, what they'd been uh, coming up with in, in previous weeks when down on strength and I didn't think they were going to be able to beat the Roosters. So um, I was really happy with the win and uh, we'll talk more about that a bit later on, but uh, essentially they're very two important points because that sort of confirmed Penrith's place in the top four. Um, and the Roosters are still in that battle for fourth place. And by no means are they out of it. But again, when we start to talk about this week's games, we'll, we'll dissect that a bit more. But uh, suffice to say, I was uh, quite happy with uh, the win. It did get a little bit closer than it looked it might get. Uh, that's credit to the Roosters on that one because uh, for all the guys they're missing... Um, you just you got to admire um, that club still being in contention, not just for the eight, but indeed the top four. And uh, I mean, they're being dealt another massive blow uh, this week, of course, with uh, Angus Crichton missing for three weeks. So yeah. uh, that's going to make it Big tough one. for those guys, but they'll still be in there giving it their all, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. And the other big game on Saturday involved the Storm and the Seagulls. Uh, the Storm, we've talked about them all year being the team to beat. They're out in front. They deserve to be well and truly out in front. They're red-hot favourites for this minor premiership. But it also confirmed for us that the Manly Seagulls, they're there or thereabouts, despite the fact that they didn't get, like, they didn't get the points on the weekend. But I don't think that... Uh, I don't think many people are um, too worried about where the Seagulls are at. At the moment, they're still really in this competition, aren't they, Griffo? They're one of the four chances to take it out, really, in, in my book. Storm of favourites. Yep. Penrith's second favourites. South Sydney are up to their eyeballs in this competition. They're every chance of winning this year. And, um, and then Manly, and, and, and after that, I don't think anyone else can win, but those four certainly are in with a chance. Yeah, definitely. And if we look at the ladder now, the ladder's really starting to show us that um, that, that really is the case. You talked about Penrith cementing their spot in the top four. You'd have to say that the top th three of the top four teams have been um, you know, set in stone. It's, it's going to take an absolute miracle from um, you know one of these other teams to, to knock out um, either the Storm Panthers or Rabbitohs. So we, we, when we look at the ladder, we have the Storm out in front on 38 points. As I said, they're going to be red-hot favourites for the premier, uh, the minor premiership, given that they've only lost two games all year. Uh, in second spot, we have the Panthers, as we said. In third spot, we have the Rabbitohs. Now, both the Panthers and Rabbitohs are both only two points behind the Storm, both on 36. And with South scoring quite a few points in recent weeks, we're starting to see that gap close in in regards to for and against. So if for and against was to become an issue, um, it's getting very close. But uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, Griffo, but I think every Panthers and Rabbitohs fan has an eye on uh, round 23, I think it is, when they play each other. So it could really be a battle for uh, second spot. But really, given the fact that they're playing in Queensland, um, the difference between second and third this year is not... Huge. So we'd say those three teams, they're going to make up the uh, well, the, the top three. The fight's then on, as you said, Griffo, for fourth spot. At the moment, we've got 
the Eels and Roosters, they're both on 28 in uh, fourth and fifth. And right behind them in sixth spot is the Manly Seagulls on 26. Uh, we then see another gap back to the Titans in seventh. Uh, they're on 20 points. Also on 20 points in eighth are the Raiders. And the Knights are also on 20 points uh, in ninth position. So a lot of fight there for uh, the top eight. It's really good to see there's, you know, there's one spot left in the four that we've got a few teams fighting for. There's one or two spots in the eight left uh, for a few teams to fight for. Uh, those that are just outside of that, on 18 points, we have the Sharks and Dragons. On 16 points, we have the Warriors and Tigers. 14, the Cowboys, Broncos, 12. And the Bulldogs are still there uh, in uh, last position on six points. I really feel, Griffo, every week we talk about this um, this part of the ladder from about 7th through to... 11th so i'm talking about the titans raiders knights sharks and dragons i really feel as though depending on how the teams you know who they play in their draw we're just going to basically see between now and the finals those teams shuffle in and out of the eight and it just um it just needs to be your day come the final round to to be in either seventh or eighth doesn't it yeah i agree graham um it's it's an interesting ladder. Um, just getting back to one of the points you made earlier, and, and you talked about the focus of, of Panther and Rabbitoh supporters on round 23. Mm. Um, you're a, a Rabbitoh, I'm a Panther. I'll be honest with you, Graeme. My focus is not on round 23. My focus is on uh, the first week of the finals when it's almost certain that these two teams will play again. Correct. So while round 23 uh, is, you know, it's one of the, you've got one of the two competition heavyweights clashing. So from that perspective, it's going to, you know, something to look forward to. I think both teams aren't going to worry too much about that game uh, in terms of the result. Um they might not want to show their hand too much in that game, but maybe just keep a few things up the sleeve for the game that really matters. Because while, yep, yeah, it's two points, and two points in the NRL are, are pretty precious, those two points aren't going to count for anything, really, um, when they start at 0-0 in, in, uh, in week one of the finals. That's when you're going to see both of those teams give their absolute all. And both of those teams are just great rugby league teams to watch. Um, just got a ladder in front of me. And, yeah. and you mentioned for and against, and the gap there has significantly changed. Um, but there's, I'll tell you what, Graham, the Rabbitohs have scored more than 100 points on top of what Penrith have produced. Uh, it's in the defence where yeah. the Panthers have got the much better record. Um, Penrith's scoring since the origin period has um, has come right back to the field. Earlier on, I, th- I believe they were best at attack and defence. Uh, the Storm have obviously zoomed past. Um, they're just in a stratosphere of their own in terms of uh, uh, scoring. And you look at their differential, plus 475 for the Storm. Um, so they're 
almost the best defensive team. It's only a six-point gap with uh, back to Penrith, uh, but they're they're plus so that the, the uh, scoring, what they do with the ball, is is far in excess of what Penrith has produced. But uh, they, I mean, they are three great attacking teams. Penrith, as I said, uh, they've they've come back significantly in the uh, points for while Cleary's been out, along with a, a host of others. While Souths, uh, they just keep they they just keep scoring try after try. Um, getting down to the bottom part of the eight there. Uh, I really think it's going to be Titans and Knights that'll end up making those two bottom spots simply because they're both on 20 points along with the Raiders, but the Raiders have a much more difficult draw. Uh, I'm right. I wrote off the Dragons a few weeks ago. Um, it wasn't just barbecue gate. It's the fact that even if all those guys were available, they were playing in most cases, better teams. Um, you know, they've been in the eight most of the year. Part of that was because they had a favorable draw. And then they come up against the better sides. Don't matter which dragons were rolling out onto the field. They're not going to beat those better sides at full strength. Sharks have lost their way since uh, Sean Johnson has been out injured. They would have won that game last week if he was there. No doubt about that. They're struggling in the halves. Matt Moylan's also been out for a while. Uh, and of course, we know that Chad Townsend was released to go and uh, sit on in the crowd with the Warriors because he hasn't been playing because uh, he's been injured. So uh, it's really that's the Sharks. I think their season's over, um, even though you know they're they're only two points behind the Titans. Uh, I just don't see them winning enough games uh, because of the half situation. Warriors and West Tigers, mathematicians are out there doing their uh, punching the numbers and saying, yep, the Warriors can make the eight. Yep, the West Tigers can make the eight. Mathematicians, um, you know, they're good at what they do, uh, but you don't see too many mathematicians running out uh, in a jersey in the NRL. Um the guys that run out in the jersey in the NRL, where they know that both those teams are not going to make the eight. Um, they're not going to win all their games. Credit to the Warriors, who've struggled uh, to get a team on the field, um, but and, and won their last two games. Uh, Tigers, we know they beat the Bulldogs last week in what would have to be one of the worst games of rugby league this season. But to the credit of the Tigers, they did get the two points. Neither of those teams make the eight. Dragons are gone. I can't see the Sharks rising up again. Uh, and as, as I said, Raiders, they're in a good position. They've won some games recently, but they come up against some top sides. And I just think it's open for the Titans and the Knights to, to take those last two positions. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and interesting, as you said, um, you know, earlier on as a Panthers fan, and you mentioned... Um, you know, South Sydney there too, looking to that first week of the finals. A lot of people, you know, obviously a part of our job too is to hype it up and say that there's a lot to play for. But if we're being realistic, um, the Storm, they're, they're the minor premiers, aren't they? For sure. Yeah. You know, like... Because for fans to understand too, they might say, 
a lot of other Penrith and South fans might be sitting there going, well, hang on, fellas, you guys need to calm down. Um, the Storm would have to drop two games in this run home, and I just can't see that happening. No, they're not going to drop any games unless, no. you know, in, in one of those, you know, just leading into the finals, they might, and they've done this before in past years where they've rested most of the first-grade players. Yeah. It's the only way they lose. Yeah. They can drop a game and, and you know, the, the differential on the, is so far in front for them guys that they're minor premiers. Yeah, they're they're like a hundred and sixty ahead of Penrith, so you yeah. know it, you'd it, it's too much to overcome given the short amount of time left in the season, and um, just I just can't see it happening. Yeah, it won't happen. No, and, and to be honest, I don't think any of those three teams are going to worry too much about um, being minor premiers. Uh, I think you get a hundred thousand dollars, and you get your uh, photo next to the JJ Gilton Shield. Penrith did it last year. Does anyone remember that's, that? That's that's a great point. As a Penrith fan, Griffo, I'm yeah. sure that the minor premiership was lovely, uh, but you would definitely trade it in, and that was something. Um, you know, not to keep on the South and Penrith bandwagon, but that was something for years in 1989, when South Sydney won the minor premiership. That was great, but when you lose the the two games in the semi-finals and get bundled out, it all means nothing. So. There's still plenty to play for in this competition. Every game matters. And that's the thing. We're seeing every game every week has some sort of impact. And it's really good to see that the competition is so alive because, as you said, this is... We've, I can't remember in, in recent history, I, I'm trying to remember ever, where we've had a ladder that's been structured this way where, you know, third is eight points ahead of fourth. And sixth is six points ahead of seventh. We've sort of got these different tiers. It's almost like, you know, as school teachers, we can uh, we can relate to this. We give our, our, our semester reports. It's almost like you've got the Storm Panthers, Rabbitohs, they're your A teams, then the Eels, Roosters, and Seagulls are your B teams. The, 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 you, you can see the, the, the different class structures in this one, can't you, Griff? Oh, absolutely. You know, Roosters, I do think if, if they hadn't suffered... Um, the the injuries that they've suffered to key men like Luke Keary, Boyd Corder, and whatnot this year, that they would have been up with the um, with the Panthers, the Storm, the Rabbitohs. I've no yeah. doubt about that. They've got the yeah. class there. Um, I think we'll talk a bit more about Para when we get to their game, but there's a class gap between Parramatta and and those other sides. And that was evident um, last week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know that. It's not that they're not trying. They're giving it their all power. That's the sort of team they are, but they just don't have the, the guns to fire. You know, no. which, and we and, talked and about that last week. We said that their, the draw has inflated their position on the ladder. They, they probably should be about sixth. Yeah, and that's yeah. where they'll end up, around yeah. there. They're not going to be in the top four. Yeah. Um, Do you see the Seagulls being that team that gets in the four? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to look at the Roosters draw a bit more closely. Um, uh, I don't. I think the, the Roosters got the Storm at all. Uh, but, let's have a look because I know they've got um, a bit of. They've got to play South. They're not going to be South. They've got to play South. Um, They're going to lose that game. Look, apart from the South game, the draw's not too bad. They've got the Broncos this week, Dragons the week after, South in round twenty-four, and they finish up with the Raiders. So. 
But we're done without Angus Crichton for the for the next huge blow, weeks. massive blow. Yeah. That's a massive that, blow. That's a sort of well, that rules them out of South's game. I, I don't think even with Angus Crichton they beat South. Mm. It's a good thing they'll have him back for the Raiders game because that's going to be probably a game they really need to win. Yeah. Uh, if he was out for that game, um, then perhaps that would have been a game they could have lost as well. But yeah. uh, I. I I, I don't know, uh, again, I've not looked at the draw, but I, I think the Seagulls, I don't think they play the Storm. Well, they just played the Storm, so they won't play them again. They don't play the Panthers. Uh, I don't think they play the Rabbitohs. Uh, I, I think they beat anyone else other than those three. They, no matter who they are, they're going to win. They've got a... Look, their the toughest game, I think the Seagulls, is this week against Para. Yeah, they um, win them. And then they've got the Raiders, Dogs, yeah. Cowboys. So they win. I, they win them I, they win I, them I've got them for fourth spot. Yeah. What's yeah. the for and against? Uh, they're actually better than the Roosters at the moment. Yeah. They're only two behind Parra, but Parra's not going to. And and, and Parra's to be honest, only going to win one more game. And to be honest with you, I know I know we keep saying the same thing over and over, but if Manly get that fourth spot. Uh, I think that's a fair indication of the top four teams in the competition. I think so. They're the only team for me outside of the current top three that can win the competition. I think if they come fourth and the, the top four going into the finals are Storm, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, I'd be pretty confident that uh, the winner would come from the, the top four. So, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and look, if I'll they... Tell, I'll tell you who does want Manly to slip up, Graham. That's the Melbourne Storm. They don't want to be playing yeah, they don't want to be playing them week one. And especially giving up home ground advantage, you know, on a neutral ground. Yeah. The other thing, it, it's almost as though for the teams that are in the four, the other two teams, like your Panthers, Rabbitohs, you almost want them to make the four because as Panthers and Rabbitohs fans, Griffo, one of us has to lose that first week. I, I don't want to play Manly week two. No. <laughs> they're that danger team so keep an eye on them guys definitely keep an eye on that team but you know finals will be a different competition i love the fact that we're talking about finals it's not too far away there's plenty there to keep your eye on and also there's plenty for griffo to keep his eye on because we've got griffo's grab what you got this week mate Okay, I don't think it's going to surprise anyone who watched last week's round of Rugby League because I think it would have grabbed more than just my eye, but uh, Matthew Burton, who, uh, like I won't say single-handedly, won the game against the Roosters, but it was pretty close to that. Um, We know the quality. We talked about Matt Burton a lot on this show over the last few years. Um, he showed just how good he is last week. He um, came up with, we only had 10 runs. We made 212 running meters from that. He tore the Roosters apart several times. Three line breaks, two tries, uh, six tackle breaks. He also got four goals and a, and a forced dropout. So he was the difference between the two teams last week. He... Um, He's, he's got very, very good pace. And uh, we saw that particularly in his first try. Penrith spread the ball out to the left with a really good pass. Billy Arvin kick out, out to Burton. Burton goes down the sideline, does the big left foot step, left uh, 
James Tedesco grasping at thin air and uh, had the pace to go through and put the ball under the uh, post. And in the second half, from shorter range, again, the big left foot step back inside through a number of roosters. And uh, that's the class. It's yeah. not for the first time that we, he's, he's Penrith's top try scorer this year. And he did miss a few games at the start of the year. Um, he's a devastating ball runner. Um, that's not his only talent, obviously, but uh, I think that's his best attribute as uh, as a rugby league player is his running of the football. Um, he's got a lot of other strings to his bow uh, and the Bulldogs would have been watching that thinking uh, that is magnificent. Uh, Matt, welcome uh, to the Bulldogs in a few months' yeah. time. They're going to um, be loving what they're saying at the moment. Well, they have to be. And it, um, I'm sure, you know, Phil Gould, who's now the, uh, the sort of supremo over at the Bulldogs, well, he, he knew he, he probably had something to do with the recruitment of Matt Burton to the yeah, Panthers. He's the, he's the head dog um, walker. Yeah. Um, so while the last few seasons have been very, very grim for the uh, for the blue and whites, it does look like the future looks certainly more promising. Um, he's he's a star you can build a team around. Sorry to interrupt you, Griff, but I just no, have to no, say he's he's yeah. the star of that team. He's the player, and 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 to think. Um, to, to, to think at the start of the at, at a certain point of the year because Penrith have so much talent in that halves area he struggled to make the team he had to be in the team so he played center it's 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 talent it's cream rising to the the top it is Graham but you know he only got in the team once uh, there was a, a suspension for Paul Momorowski yep um, that was a real key moment in this season for a lot of a lot of factors for Penrith yeah. wasn't it that was that yeah. was a real uh, sliding doors moment, as they like to call it. Well, he did. He did train part of the off season in the centres, and then they did sign Momorowski on that uh, swap with Dane Laurie. Uh, and then you know, Matty Burton's thinking, "Oh, here we yeah. go again. I'm missing out again." Like, um, but as as fate would have it, um, you know, Momorowski got suspended, and then then Matt Burton's had. Well, he hasn't missed a game since. Um, I'm so glad that the, the Panthers resisted the um, the calls of the Bulldogs and throughout the media. Um, and I, you know, saw a few, particularly on NRL 360, where those guys, some of them at least, were getting on there and saying, you know, Penrith should be releasing him and blah blah blah, and it's selfish and and uh, Brandy Alexander was on there one night and and you know someone said it's not really fair that you know you've done that there was something that went penrith's way with something and he said well life's not fair <laughs> like the he's, guy had a contract he's he under contract. he's under contract he's a talented player and you look at it if it was the right call absolutely and there's no doubt the bulldogs would look at this now and think this has been an actual bonus for us um yeah the Bulldogs, with Matt Burton this year, they probably still get the, the wooden spoon. Um, yeah. You know, maybe. Most likely, to be honest. But he's now got 
virtually a full another full NRL season under his belt, playing with high quality players under underneath high quality coaching. Hopefully, you know, for, and I say this as a Penrith supporter. Uh, he comes out of the season a grand final winner. <laughs> I was going to say uh, with finals experience, but you had the next step. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair no, call. Well, look. See, well, Matthew Burton, he didn't play in the grand final last year, so... Um, he would have been handy in the centres, wouldn't he? Gee, he would have. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. You know, anyway, I mean, yeah, you can't cry over spilt milk, although, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still shaking thinking about it. But, uh, you know, great. as it's turned out... Um, if Penrith are one to seventeen with their best team, mm. Matt Burton is playing in the centres, and we've seen his combination with Jerome Luai, um, and we haven't seen it for a long time with you know Cleary, Luai, Burton. Um, that is Penrith's biggest strength. And, um, and having all guys. those having all those players on the field, I think would also be important because. Penrith's been a real heavyweight in this competition. And to have all of the key players on the field at once is something that we haven't necessarily seen week in, week out with Penrith. And I, and I know this week uh, we'll, we'll get to it and we'll talk about the fact that Coruscant's missing and we know that, that Cleary, by the looks of things, won't play this week. And I'll give my thoughts on that in a moment. But... Having, say, you mentioned Luai Cleary-Burton, also Coruscant, uh, Dylan Edwards, a fullback. I think people underestimate his impact in this Penrith team, Dylan Edwards. I think he's a phenomenal player, and I think he has just flown under the radar because we have so many other um, big-name fullbacks in the game. Just on this week with Burton, just before we, uh, we wrap this up and I get your thoughts on my comments here, Griffo, I'll be honest with you, we had Cleary. You mentioned that you thought Cleary was a chance last week. All the talk was that Cleary was a chance last week. He wasn't ready. I don't think he'll he'll play this week, and I think the only thing that's stopping Cleary from lining up this week is the fact that Burton was so phenomenal last week that they trust that he and Luai can get the job done this week against the Dragons. I agree 100%, Graham. Um, If they were playing, if the South game was this week, Cleary would be playing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I think the fact that they got the points last week and wrapped up a top three position means I think they'll give him a few more weeks off. There's yeah. no need. There's nothing to be gained really by him playing at the moment. Um, look, look, I, I told you guys, sorry. I told you guys that there was this risk. Read Marnie on the weekend. That is the yeah. exact risk that Nathan Cleary is facing. Similar injury coming back after strengthening it. Uh, fell the wrong way. That could happen yeah. for Cleary and then Penrith a toast. Oh, yeah. No, they can't win the comp without him. Um, there's no doubt about that. They can't win the comp without him. So I don't, uh, there's no way he'll play this week. Um, I don't want to see him play against the Rabbitohs. As I said earlier, why do you, why do you want to risk that? I mean, there's mm. nothing to be gained. You can get the two points next week, but mm. you're still going to end up playing that side about three weeks later. And I'll be honest so, with you, I think this game means more to South than Penrith. I think I South think, have a yeah. bit to prove after the Dubbo game, whereas Penrith... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think but, for South, they're, they're still licking their wounds from that one. Yeah, I, I don't... I discount what happened, you know, 10 weeks ago. Uh, I discount this 
you know, no team's ever scored, uh, ever won the grand final after having 50 scored against yeah. them. Yeah, that's a fact. But this is a different year. This yeah. is a different team. Generally speaking, teams that had plus 50, you know, minus 50, I guess you call it, were shit teams. Yeah. Um, Look, it's it, Rabbit Bowl's team. Uh, they're an outstanding rugby league team and the window is open for the Rabbitohs. Mm. I think, and I'll say the same thing about Penrith, um, both these teams are going to be weaker next year than what they are this year. Yes. Um, the Rabbitohs the Rabbitohs lose Adam Reynolds, their captain and, and record point scorer. And even, I think, more importantly, they lose Wayne Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um so they're two massive losses. So I think Souths, whatever they do this year, I can't see them getting better next year. They're, they're losing um, quite a bit of personnel with, um, you know, we'll talk about it in a moment, but Dan Gagai is going to the Knights. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, I, I forgot about Sewer, it. Sue is leaving. Uh, there's, there's, there's a few players that, have, um, that, so that are is, leaving. It's this best... is the year for Souths. Yeah. This is their best chance. Likewise, Penrith, they're losing. The bulk we talked about for the last five minutes, Matt Burton won't be there. Yep. Also, Kirk Capewell won't be there. Yep. They're two really big losses. Um, so I think for those two teams, whatever they can achieve this year, I don't necessarily expect they're going to reach that same level next year. No. Whether that be to make the last four, you know, the prelim final, whether that be to win the grand final, lose the grand final, I don't think they're going forwards next year, either South or Penrith. No, I agree. And and the thing is, too, you talked about those records and the the fact that you know people say, "Oh, we'll we'll ride off say South Sydney because no team's ever won it for after being beaten by fifty, let alone you know a couple of times in the season." Uh, go back to you know twenty eighteen; it was almost impossible to go back to back in the modern era. Now we're looking at it happening. Like twice in a row, we we had the Roosters in 2018, 2019. We had the Storm last year. The Storm are the hot favourites this year. All of a sudden, those records don't seem, you know, outrageous and and out of reach. You've just basically got to got to be there on the day and do what you can on the day. And um, it's it's definitely you can tell through the passion that we both talk about our teams and those other teams that are still in contention. There is so much still alive in this competition. There's a positive for just about you know every team in this competition to try and improve and 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 look to uh, finish off in a positive note. So so exciting for the end of the year. Um, you mentioned before, Griffo. Uh, before we go to the um, the gaff, I've got a I've got a gaff this week. Um, I just wanted to touch on some of the the news because we don't have Shana with us to to talk about the tidbits. There were two, um, I suppose, signings that happened during the week that may not come up in the um, in the team news, obviously, because they're signings for next year. But the first one you mentioned there was Dane Gagai. Uh, he is leaving the Rabbitohs. There has been a lot of talk and a lot of um, people close in around Redfern have had the feeling that he would be leaving at the end of the year. Uh, that is cap space that um, they're, they're looking to... To put towards some of the younger players, um, he's heading back to the Newcastle Knights. Early on, there was some talk that he was going to Brisbane, but adding 
Dan Gagai to the Knights with Kalen Ponga. The other centre I'd imagine next year would be best. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, look, we've got to give Dan Gagai a lot of credit. We know that he's been playing on that left edge for South Sydney and just about anyone who plays on that left edge is good for a, for a try each game. But um, I, I think the, the Newcastle Knights fans would probably be welcoming a, a player of his calibre to the club. Yeah, he was their best player for a number of years. That was their, their doldrum years when they picked up a number of wooden spoons and um, he was the shining light. He'd come down from Brisbane and uh, week after week, he, he was he was outstanding for them. Um, they have a top four roster for, for 2022. They've got a roster that says you should be in the top four. We'll see what happens, but... Newcastle uh, and Brisbane are the teams to watch next year, aren't they? Uh, well, Newcastle, I think. Oh, I'm not sure about Brisbane. You've gone, um, you've gone cold on them. Well, I've never I've not been hot on them for a long time, Graham. To be fair. No, but in all fairness, when they signed Adam Reynolds, you said that that puts them in contention to be a top four team. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't have said top four. I might have said top eight. Should find that soundbite. Oh yeah, I, I <laughs> next can't week. Imagine. <laughs> Nah, I could be wrong. I, anyway, I, say top eight. Top Jack eight's Daniels huge for them. A good mate sometimes during <laughs> some of these, in fact, probably all of these uh, podcasts. It was but probably not, about three hours deep. <laughs> I can't imagine top four. I might have said top eight. But Even top anyway. eight's a massive achievement. Anyway, yeah. the Knights, the Knights, look, as you said, the, the main point here is this is definitely, and the Knights could still make the eight this year. This could be oh, what bumps them do, to that they upper do make echelon. The eight this year, Graham. Uh, yeah. if, you know, they've got soft draw coming in, and what they have got, um, which their coach will be ecstatic about, is almost a full roster of fit players, and that's been a problem for them yeah. for the last couple of years, getting their best side on the park. But they're getting their, they get pretty much all their guys are back. Um, they're already level on points with those two, seven and eight. Um, it's only four and against that they're out on, but I, I see them winning all their games. So, or well, you know, enough to certainly go past either the Titans or the Raiders. Yeah. And that's, that's really, it's all, that's only putting them where they were last year. Yeah, true. That's yeah. A, that's a good point. It feels like we're we're really inflating them, and but at the start of this year, a lot of us had the Knights. You know, we were, we were quite confident that they would be. You know, a lot of us had them say seventh or eighth, but we were pretty confident about them. No, I don't think I had them in my top eight, but you know they've they've done well to in the last you know same month to work their way up the ladder. They were awful earlier on. But as I said, now that they've got all their best players out on the park, um, yeah, they, uh, they're they going to make the eight. I probably think they go straight out, but it's better to make the eight and go out in week one than, uh, than not make the eight. True. In saying that, if they were to come up against Para, they'll give themselves a big chance of, of going to the second week. Where they'll get bundled out, but but um, yeah, you know, you want to be in there with a show, and I think, and I'm pretty sure they will be at this stage. Yeah, 
No, it's, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. The other one to keep an eye on, another team that's looking to to move up into that next um, next category of teams. They're still in finals contention this year, but, gee, they've been on the slide. That's the St. George Laura Dragons. They've, they've been busy putting um, a few uh, signatures on the dotted line this week. One of those extending was uh, Tyrell Fumano. Um, I actually saw an interesting thing today. Um, I think is it his... Am, am I correct in saying his sister has also yeah. signed with the Dragons in a first where uh, the Dragons have uh, signed yeah. siblings yeah. to contract? So congratulations. I, I, did, I did see that. I didn't read yeah. the article, but yes, his sister's going to play with their NRLW team. Uh, that's that's great to see. Um, Tyro Fumano, a player that we've both watched uh, quite closely, being a former Rabbitoh and Panther re-signing there, so that's good news for him. Another bloke that the Dragons have uh, have signed is um, Big George Burgess. Uh, very George interesting, Burgess. Very interesting signing, Griffo. Uh, he's coming back from uh, the UK. There was a lot of talk about uh, the circumstances with which he finished up his uh, Super League career. Uh, I think uh, officially it was a medical retirement, but now it looks as though he's returning back to Sydney with the Dragons. Yeah. Um, George Burgess, in I think 2014, uh, that was the year of the Rabbitoh. Was that the correct year, Graham? Correct, yes. He scored that amazing try in the grand final. Um, that was that was a turning point. He he was a big part of their success right throughout the year. Um, his brother, his twin brother Tom, is still at the Rabbitohs and playing really good rugby league. Um, I don't think Tom's probably had the injuries that George has had. Um, so there's a question mark on George with what was thought to be a, a, a career-ending injury. So there's got to be a question mark if something's thought to be career-ending and yet he comes back. Now, he did leave the NRL in a fairly controversial year where he was rubbed out for an extended period for, for eye gouging. I don't know if there was a second offence, but um, he got a couple of big suspensions um, and it all sort of went downhill for George Burgess. Um, and then he went over to the UK Super League. I'm not quite sure. Was it Wigan he was playing with? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know whether he was successful over there or not. Um, at his best, he's a devastating power running front rower. Um, I know there was a time there where you know, any uh, anyone with the surname Burgess at South Sydney was was on a high. There were other times where, and I don't mean that, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, some of them may be on a high, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm talking rugby league. Um, yeah. Then we've got, uh, we had other times where they were very much on a low as they had to bend over and pick up the ball after they dropped it. Um I think uh, Coach Seabold came in and came up with this great new technique where uh, they would use a soapy ball at training for him so they'd get used to catching the ball. But all jokes aside, uh, at his best, he's, he's high quality. Whether he can recapture his best, given his injury, 
And I guess he's late twenties now. Are they are they thirty yet? The twins? Uh, I don't think they'd be at thirty yet. I think they're twenty nine. Okay. Uh, Ninety two is the uh, year of birth. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Look. Yeah. They're, but they're heading that way. It'll be well. Look. In um, the old days, that was prime for a front rower. Like yeah, 20s but uh, look, he's he's coming over next year. Uh, he'll be thirty next year, so yeah, he'll play most of next season as a thirty-year-old. Yeah, um, I guess with a, a signing like that, it's not going to have come cheaply. You wouldn't think. Um, they they do make some interesting signings, the Dragons, and they it's don't... a it's a two and a half year contract. I think I think it's you know sort of effective now plus two years from what okay. I'm hearing. So that'll um that'll take him through to when he's thirty two. So they're paying him to do nothing this year. Well yeah that's that's one thing I've got to look into because a lot of the wording from the reporting I'm seeing is that he's is signed as of now. So um yeah I've got to look into his his you know his his eligibility and whatnot but um yeah effectively I guess his his larger brother, his older brother, I should say, not larger, but uh, but yeah, he's, the, he's the, coming the, next the year. Article, that's the thing. Yeah. Like there was a lot of publicity. Uh, someone must have been upset with Sam Burgess at uh, at Fox because they put the article out where well, the Telegraph. Uh, I didn't read it. I just sort of saw the headline there where he's on something like fifteen thousand a week or something, or was it seventy five thousand for doing nothing, still Lovely. being paid by the Rabbitohs. Not part of the salary cap, but uh, gee, that's costing South a lot of money. Um, I don't quite understand that. Geez, they, they might have to. Russell Crowe might have to make a new movie. We might see uh, the Gladiator Part Two to pay yeah. for Sam Burgess's involvement. I mean, like you know, you you good luck to Sam Burgess to be getting that cash for doing nothing. Um, I did see, you know, you, you see the comments of punters and. Um, when something like that comes out, they were quite scathing. Um, and it's, it's a sort of a bit of a tragedy, really. Um, the life and times of Sam Burgess, since you know, he's he was a hero, he was the hero of South Sydney, uh, when they won the grand final, and, and an absolute just uh, uh, one of the greatest forwards ever to play the game, no doubt about it. But yeah. It seems that uh, you know a lot of things have gone on that um, that maybe he's one of these guys that just post rugby league things just have sort of spiraled out of control. You know, and I you guess gotta, the next... you got to wonder whether part of and yeah, this is all speculation, but you got to wonder whether part of South Sydney's approach is that. Um... Maybe they want to keep Sam involved with the club so that they can. Well, they had him support him, club. but yeah. no, they, but just support him and assist him because, uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, the, it, as you said, it has um, has been an unfortunate spiral since he's finished rugby league, yeah. and I think um, keeping some sort of connection and uh, relationship with him, I think for for you know his his well being, it maybe it may be a case yeah. of that. Well, you know, it is it is a tragedy, really. Uh, well. Oh, I guess maybe that's a bit, bit much. But um, yeah, things have gone downhill obviously since. He's since... on that. Uh, what's that? What's that show? Yeah, that to, uh, yeah, the I SAS, know. Yes. SAS Australia. Yeah, so like 
they'll be dangling him off the edge of a cliff and all that sort of stuff in the coming weeks. Yeah. So that'll, that'll keep him busy. Definitely. I think he's, <laughs> he's living up in, in the Gold Coast now. Oh, is he? Okay. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, anyway. You know, I actually wish him well. Like, Yeah, legend of the game. Yep. Yep, definite, definite legend of the game. And look, to get back on track, um, I might uh, go back to something that's uh, happened more recently for uh, for Graham's gaff. All right, this was a good one. This was a good old-fashioned gaff. Um, I don't know if our listeners saw this, and I I bring this up in in lighthearted jest, knowing that uh, Josh Curran was okay after the incident, but it was a good laugh. It was a bit of fun following the Warriors game last week when uh, Curran was going back into the uh, the dressing room. He was being congratulated by officials, so on and so forth. And as he went to step down to go into the the tunnel, he's tripped over his feet, and in true COVID form, he's bumped into the sanitizing and check-in station in the uh, in the tunnel at the ground. So I'm giving Josh Curran my gaff of the week, and uh, if you haven't seen it, um, the reaction, if you... I know Fox League have it on their social media. The reaction of the commentators having a bit of a laugh of it's just as good as the uh, the event itself. But I didn't know if you caught that one this week, Griffo. I did Josh see Curran that. Had a I bit did of a see that. I mean, I was very happy that he wasn't injured. <laughs> Yeah, that was the main thing. That's why I can laugh about it now. If he had hurt himself, I would have been a bit upset. But uh, I think he uh, he dusted himself off. He's a good sport. He had a bit of a laugh about it afterwards. And he's playing good rugby league. Um, he is. Yeah. He's, he's one of those good. players for a long time. He was sort of those fringe, fringe NRL players. You know, often you've probably heard me talk about him when we do the team previews, doing a bit of hokey pokey in and out. But I think for the Warriors, um, yeah, he, he's been a, a, a real positive for them. Good, good ball skills. Mm. Yeah, for a big bloke with those sorts of skills, it's it's, it's definitely something that uh, that you want in your club. Apparently, a Maryland's junior, so another one ah. slipped through the system uh, out west. Eels. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's 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 interesting. The um, it's interesting the ones they keep and the ones they let go. There's a few yeah. few players there. I mean, I know we keep talking about Pappenhausen, but um, it, it is tough, but it's good to see these players, even if they... I mean, you can't keep everyone. And it's good nope. to see these players finding uh, finding form elsewhere. So, uh, Josh Curran, well done. Thanks for being a good sport and, um, yeah, really enjoying the footy you're doing on the field and uh, glad you're okay after your, your trip the other day. All right, Griffo, we... um. Well, we might as well talk about the uh, the footy that's happening this week. We've got some big games coming up, so we might as well kick off our round... What, we have to round 22 preview? 22, Jeez, yeah. it's kicking along, so let's kick it off. All right, there's kickoff for the round. Um, Thursday night, we start off. We've got the Inform Melbourne Storm. Uh, they're coming up against the Canberra Raiders this week. Uh, this one's happening on the Sunshine Coast. A 7.50 kickoff as you'd expect on a Thursday night. Uh, for the team news, um, in regards to the Storm, uh, Big Nelson, the self Salomona, he's got a hamstring injury. Uh, look, they're, they're saying he won't be risked if the uh, the captain's run uh, 
they're expecting to do the captain's run tonight, so we don't know too much about that. But um, if they think he's anyway underdone, if they've got any concerns, the talk is that they're going to uh, going to rest him. It's 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 too close to finals, too important. We've talked about that with other teams. So Melbourne's been very transparent about Big Nelson. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen is expected to be fine despite copping a knock to the knee last week. And uh, look, this is only his third game back. We've got to remember. Uh, and we're starting to see the storm build and build with his minutes at uh, at fullback uh, improving each week. So uh, very dangerous to see that we've still got Pappenhausen coming off the bench with Nico Hines at fullback for the storm. They're in great form. And as you'd imagine, um, they're going to be raring to go on Thursday. For the Raiders, Bailey Simonson's got a toe injury, uh, but he'll return after five games on the sideline. He's been named on the wing this week. Um, but Ricky Stewart today, uh, he did some media and the talk was that he's actually going to play at fullback. Now you'll notice if you've got your, uh, your team sheet on NRL.com or if you, uh, get the digital version of your big league magazine that Jordan Rapana's at fullback, uh, expect those two players to, uh, swap come, uh, game day tomorrow. Um, we also know that, uh, Semi Valame is out for a couple of weeks. Uh, he's got a throat, uh, concern, so, uh, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And we also see Soliola on the interchange bench at the expense of Anderson, which isn't surprising because I think he only played about five minutes last week in his debut. It's great to get on the field, but, uh, he won't be needed this week. Ricky Stewart is looking for his 100th victory as Raiders coach uh, Griffo. Unfortunately for mine, I think he might have to wait another week coming up against his good mate this week, Craig Bellamy. Uh, Really tough ask for the Raiders. Pressure's on them this week, and they come up against the best team in the competition. Yeah. Um, Hard to argue that, Graham. Uh, a A few years ago, these clashes between Melbourne and the Raiders were were outstanding. And, and we saw that Mel, um, Melbourne was a team that really was troubled by the Canberra Raiders going back a couple of years. Um, that all went out the window last year when they tore them apart in the preliminary final game. Um, uh, just, it was one-way traffic. Uh, and I think we might be looking at something similar um, when it comes around this week uh, on Thursday night. Um, yeah, the Raiders have had a couple of wins lately and they do look reasonably good on paper, but Melbourne Storm, 17 in a row. I don't see, was- I don't see that ending at 17. I think uh, they, they get this game and I, I don't think they'll be troubled too much by Canberra. Um, they've blown most teams off the park. Uh, and, you know, with the possible inclusion again of Nelson, he's not been there for a while, but just too much class in that Storm team. Um, you know, that, that rotation where Brandon Smith starts at nine, then drops back to, to lock when Harry Grant comes on, just just those two guys, they're outstanding. Mm. You got the Harbs of Hughes and Munster, 
Nico Hines has been amazing this year. Justin Olam, Josh Adelkar, Remus Smith. Uh, they've all got a lot of tries between them. I can't see anything but a, a Melbourne Storm victory here. Mm. Um, it's, it's interesting you brought up there, like just talking about the dummy half roll, because the thing that stood out for me when I looked at these teams is the fact that you've got in both sides two quality players in the 17, you know, play the traditionally that in that dummy half role. And and you look at, you've got on one side, Hodgson, Starling, and then you've got your Smith and Grant. There's a bit of talent in and around that ruck this week, isn't there? There is. Um, yeah. Both, we don't see it in any other team. I don't think really where, you know, they carry a, a hooker at 14, a specialist hooker. Yep. Who's, you know, in, particularly in the case of Tom Starlin, his main attribute is his running game. And Harry Grant's got a great running game as well. But Harry Grant's got a bit more skill. Um, and they both, they're, they're, num- they're starting number nine. Um, once the uh, the benchman comes on, they don't leave the field. They just take a different role in the game. Uh, for Melbourne, Brandon Smith drops to, to lock. Um Hodgson is similar, but Hodgson really takes on much more of a playmaker role um, than than what what Brandon Smith does. Brandon Smith more more for the running game. Um, Hodgson becomes even more of a playmaker um, when he's not in the nine. So um, interesting, good good forward pack. The Canberra Raiders very good forward pack, uh, but. Uh, just too much class, Melbourne Storm, and, and I think they win by quite a few. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't see anything but a but a Melbourne victory here. No, and this is this is the type of game where you see um, you see players like you know Hughes and Munster. They've they've got the option to to link up with Nico Hines, who's oh, I think Nico Hines is in phenomenal form. Yeah, and, he's. He's playing better than Pappenhausen. <laughs> and, and we know Pappenhausen's coming back, but we know the talent that Pappenhausen's got. This just shows the um, oh, just just the sheer talent that across the park this team has. And the fact that this, this team, I mean, you know, you've got quality players across the board. They've got depth in the reserves, you know, for, for weeks coming. You've got players like Tepai Maroa and Tom Eisenhuth on the reserves. We know that... Maroa hasn't been, you know, prominent since he's come to the Storm, but Eisenhuth has been really good. They've they've got some depth, even if uh, Big Nelson's not good to go this week. We're still missing Big uh, the Kama Kama yeah, Chameleon. Yeah, Kama Chameleon. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Kama Kamitha, when he comes back in the t- in the side, there's another positive for them. I just like it's it's, it's, it's hard to give a a preview. You want to talk about the positives in the Raiders side, and there are so many. But I feel like it's going to be one of those things where I could spend a five minutes telling you the positive of the Raiders, and I still can't give give an indication as to why they they can beat the Storm. The Storm are just an absolute juggernaut at the moment, and I I can't see anything in this game but a Storm victory. I even think for Raiders fans watching this game tomorrow night, uh, I think a lot of them will be saying, "Look, if we can show some good signs, score some tries." show some good defense on the line, like little things like that that they can practice against the top team to take into games coming up in following weeks. Because if you're 
the Raiders and you're defending on the line and you're able to keep Melbourne out for a couple of sets, that's going to help you in subsequent weeks because they've got such a tough run. They're going to have to be at their best next week when they play the Seagulls. And then they finish off with the Warriors and Roosters. So really for the um, for the Raiders team, it's about fine-tuning a lot of those uh, minor things in their game that add up to big things. Because if, if they want to make the finals, uh, even if they can't win this game, they need to treat this like an opportunity to, to, to try their um, their plays and attack against the best and practice their defense against the best. But um, it's hard to see the Storm not winning this one. Yeah, Storm all the way. Yeah, no, nah, definitely for this one. All right, so moving on to the second game of the round, we see the St. George of the War Dragons taking on the Penrith Panthers. So this is our first game of Friday night football this week. This will happen at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. This is the first game of a doubleheader at Suncorp. Uh, Dragons taking off the, on the Panthers, 6 p.m. Um, so for the Dragons... Uh, we're seeing the main talk in and around the uh, the Dragons team being involved uh, around uh, Sims. Um, Tarek Sims is out, so we know that he's uh, he's been suspended. Uh, in regards to um, other news, we saw Cody Ramsey. I don't know if you saw this one, Griffo. There, there were a few. Pictures going around social media the last few days. Um, he might be in the chair after Shano tonight at the dentist. Uh, he had a collision with Andrew McCulloch last weekend. And for those who haven't seen it, the best way for me to describe it is that um, he's basically fractured his, uh, his teeth. He's, uh, he's snapped his teeth across. There are photos going around on social media if you are that way inclined and you don't mind a bit of a gruesome image. Um, but the you look that would have been very painful that injury uh, for Cody Ramsey, so he's out with Jared Beal uh, playing in the centres this week. Um, yeah, have a look at it, Griffo. If you I, did, seen I didn't it. see those pictures, but I did hear that he wasn't wearing a mouth guard. So yeah, no, and that's the thing too because I um I'll be honest with you, I saw the pictures and I actually showed my wife and she 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 grimaced and turned away and said, "Don't show me that." And I said, "I said this 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 just shows." The importance of wearing a mouth guard because it's a very common trend these days um, for players not to wear mouth guards, and being involved with young people playing rugby league in our jobs, Griffo, it's it's something that I've also um, seen questioned more and more in recent years as to why mouth guards need to be worn. So well, it's compulsory for for juniors. it is yeah, and it is, and it's something that instead of it, you know, you go back a few years ago, it was one of those things where it was just a non-negotiable, and the kids didn't didn't question it, whereas um, quite commonly now kids are questioning it, saying, why do I have to wear the mouth guard, so on and so forth. And uh, we're seeing these kids now go out into, uh, into first grade, and this is an example of why it's important. So, um, yeah, I, 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 look, I'm no dentist, but I'd imagine if he was wearing a mouth guard that uh, he might not be facing the, um, the severity of injury he had. So we, we wish Cody Ramsey a uh, speedy recovery, um, after his dental surgery, because that was not a good one. Speaking yeah, of not, absolutely. yeah. Speaking yeah, of not good, Apicide Coruscant uh, found guilty at the judiciary on contrary conduct. He's out for a game. So uh, 
the obvious thing would happen here. I'd imagine Griffo would be Mitch Kenny coming in to start. That's what I would imagine. Uh, we've got Nathan Cleary in the reserves again. We had a bit of a chat about that earlier in the podcast. Both of us would be of the opinion that uh, he most likely wouldn't play this week, even if they were expecting him to do so with Burton and Luai going so well in the halves. Um, Davida Pengai Jr., he's another one that a lot of people are talking about. He took leave last week for personal reasons. The club's not yet to confirm whether he'll be available and when he'll be available. So all I can tell you guys is that he is number 18 this week. He's on the reserve, so at this stage, he is technically a chance of playing. But I haven't heard too much about that. I don't know if Griffo, there's much talk about Penrith amongst Penrith fans knowing anymore. No, no, no. I don't know. I mean, given what happened, um, you know, his wife lost their 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 unborn child. Mm. Um, like I, I've I've been there. I, it's not it's not a good thing, um, and that's like you know, it's a massive understatement, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know if one week. I guess it's an individual thing. Um, yep. But, you know, like, obviously the club is not going to put any sort of pressure on him to play. Um, Look, the, 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 main, the main focus at the moment is, is he and his family, um, you know, they're going through a tough time and really our, yeah. our thoughts have to be with the family. And, oh, absolutely. And at the end of the day, footy is just a game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, footy is insignificant in comparison to things like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, the fact that Mitch Kenny will go into the start inside does create an opening. Um, it really would be up to to, to, be, to himself to to say whether he's okay to play or not. And um, I know the club would not be pushing him um, in any way. Looking at the structure of of their options, as far as the listed reserves go, you'd think uh, that. Um, well, look, do, do they bring in a Taylor May? Because we talked about uh, well, clearly not I'll being be available. Salmon's another half. Is yeah, it a bit Simon's... of an odd? Is it a bit of an odd reserves list given that Pengai yeah, Jr. is in so, so much doubt? I think so. Um, you know, a guy like Lindsay Smith. Um, not listed there, but he would have been the sort of guy you think that could have. Um, he, he did make his debut earlier in the year. It might have been the game against the Tigers, where they they did they did get smashed um, without their Origin players. But I thought Lindsay Smith played well. Um, I think it really. Yeah, if if Tavita says he's okay to play, then then he'll come in, no doubt. Um, but I, I I'd be I don't know. As I said, it's it's an individual thing, um, and it, in some ways, um, it might be better for him just to take his mind off it. Um, and again, like not that I played NRL, but I've got experience with 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 what happened to, to in his family. Mm. So I know from my own personal experience, it just just wanted to sort of do something, not just sit around thinking about it all the time, you know? Um, yeah, fair enough. He might want to. So, but yeah. I mean, again, that, that yeah. might not That's be. That's personal. His, yeah. yeah, it is. It is a hundred percent. 
so if he if he thinks that you know it's right for him to get out there and play then then obviously he'll fill that spot um but that that may not be the case you mentioned Taylor may uh, i'd say he'll probably be most likely to be the the going into that um position if if it's not Tavita, because I, I can't see any reason why they're going to play Nathan. There's nothing to gain mm. from doing that. Um, and and also too, I didn't mention there also to um, uh, what what really tests their depth this week is the fact that Capewell suspended and um, yeah. Linu's got that. Is it an ankle injury? Yeah, yeah. So they are. If you look at the bench there, there are probably one forward down. Um, so ideally. You know, I'm, I'm talking from you know, from purely a, a Panthers perspective of, of getting what what probably would be the best option would be for Tavita to play, if he's okay. Um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm we'll not know that probably until well, they have to they have to call um, two reserves probably today, get it back to the 19, and then we find out tomorrow. Um, I want to get back to, to Taylor and May. I thought he was really good last week. Played a, a very similar role to Brian Toto um, with the power yeah. running that just didn't exist the week before. Um, and he's, he's, he's Toro and May's brother, isn't he? He is. Yeah. A, a very a different build. Um, he's, he's a more stockier, probably shorter guy. Nicer hair. Quite possibly. Um, I think anyone that's got a rat's tail, um, I've got to question that. But um, but the thing is, I was impressed with him uh, with the meter. I think he went, went over two hundred meters, couple yeah. of line breaks. Um, so he did well. He, he sort of got caught at one stage there coming in when he probably shouldn't have, and the roosters got a try. But. Um, uh, I thought he did well. I would have had him in the in the start in seventeen. We got Naden coming back from a, a, a one week injury, um, and Charlie Staines. Now for mine, um, Charlie Staines. He's I think he's probably the only Penrith player that's played every game this year. I can't as I look through that list. I, I don't think anyone else has. Um, I just, I'm concerned about his ability, uh, in defense. Um, I know we did make, he did make a really good tackle, um, when it needed to be made, but previous to that, he'd missed what wasn't a difficult tackle on, on Tupo. Uh, Tupo's got the longest legs probably in the NRL. And uh, and Charlie couldn't find the way around him, but but more so even than that, what concerns me is his running the ball um, when there's someone in front of him. He's fine if there's no one in front of him. He's got that pace. He gets the ball to the line and and he finishes off. He's he's really good at that. But you need more than that. Um, most most wingers can do that. You do need to be able to not get pushed back um, when you when you you know you get the ball from a kick return 
or you, you're running one off the rock, you know, first or second play after a kick downfield, you don't want to be pushed backwards. And nine times out of 10, um, he gets pushed backwards simply because he's quite a, a lean sort of a guy. He's not, not thick set. Um, and he just gets manhandled. Uh, yeah, I think the jury's out on, on his longevity as, as a winger. Um, he did come in and come to the club as a fullback. And, um, but again, a big part of that is, is running the ball back. And I don't know. Um, I don't want to write him off at, at this. is still very young. But for mine, I, I think he's, he's a target of opposition. Um, and rightly so. Uh, so, I just yeah, I want to see a bit more to to his game than simply being able to run the ball where there's nobody there and, and run quickly and get the ball down. Now that's important. You've got to score points. Mm. But like I said, most wingers have that in their repertoire. Um, you need more than that. Uh, you mentioned earlier Dylan Edwards being very good, and for most of the year he has. Um, he was a little off uh, two weeks ago against the Storm. Um, having Isaiah Yo probably helped him a lot last week as well. Took because he's he's really not a ball player, Dylan Edwards. He's a good runner. Yeah, his um, kick returns are really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's wholehearted. You know, he, I like the guy as as a, as a footballer, but that's where he falls behind some of those other. Top-notch fullbacks is his passing game. It's just nowhere near uh, as good. So, in saying that, just getting back to this game, yeah, um, I think Penrith have got enough, even with the guys that are out. What we saw last week, um, there's enough there for them to get over the top of the Dragons. I don't think they win big. Um, but I do think they'll they'll be able to win this game. I, I was pleased last week with Viliami Kikau. Um, the effort was there. Had a really good ball to get it out to Matt Burton for Burton's first try, long-range try. Um, Kikau's not making line breaks. Most teams now have worked him out. And they worked out that if you go low on him, you, you, you bring him down. The Storm have been doing that you know, for a long time, successfully, and other teams have wised up. If you go high on him, you don't, you just got the power to go through, but um, take his legs out and he'll fall. Um, but yeah, he's, he's sort of coming back into form. He had quite a few mistakes in his game for, for a lot of games this year. Um, I like the fact that Jermaine Hopgood gets another go. I see him in a very, very similar type of player to Liam Martin. Scott Sorensen's been really good. Tago, uh, he's quality. Um, so he's got a spot on the bench there. He can cover either the backs or the forwards. So he's a good guy to, to have as an option. Uh, the Dragons, I mean, their side, uh, for a variety of reasons, seems to change every week. Um, you mentioned the, the loss of Ramsey. Uh, you've got Tarek Sims out. Sims is a massive yeah. loss. Like last week, 
Um, you know, I, I know they, they started well and they didn't get the job done, but just, just um, yeah, like, you know, when, when Clune made that break and Sims was there to support, he just he's just one of those players that's there for them. He's a massive loss, I think. And added on to that, the best player, Ben Hunt, is still out, so they were probably out for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Duff, the 18th man. Yeah. He's obviously out of favour there. He signed with another club next year. And he was out of favour, to be fair, before he signed with the Bulldogs. Yeah. Probably the reason he signed was it was made pretty clear to him that, that you know, he wasn't in the plans. But this club's um, fighting for a spot in the eight. Surely there's some talent you can put in the side. Surely there's not. But, uh, you know, this week, who's fullback this week? Is it Jack Bird? Yeah. I mean, he's he's. I mean, if he collects jerseys, he's just gonna, he's just about got one with every number on it. That bloke, but yeah. he's he's there this week. I think that's uh, he was there last week as well. Ah, uh, yes, he was because Sloan was there the week before, week wasn't before. he? Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking about the week before when Sloan was there. Um, but look, we know he's played in in different positions, but this is a club in the Dragons that, if I'm a Dragons fan. I'm still thinking we can make the eight. Well, yeah. Club's got to think so. If they well, don't think they can make the eight, then the, they the won't. Lattice, the lattice says so. Yeah. Um, they're only two, two points. points. Uh, realistically, though, Graham, they're not making it. Um, and, I, and again, I'll go back to the you know, barbecue gate. They were in the eight at the time, and I heard some of they were they've been in the top eight from round three through to round nineteen. Yeah, um, and they were right up in the top four after five rounds, where they were four from five. And and you asked me the question, <laughs> um, you know, how, something to do with how do we judge you know the dragons? And I said, well, we only had five rounds. Ask me in another five rounds time, and I think in those next five rounds, he might only won one game. But they were still in the eight. Um, the reality is that many, including myself, had them spoon contenders this year. Their draw was such that they were playing a lot of the lesser lights early in the year. Um, and they were winning most of those games. When they've come up against the better teams... Um, they've not really been a chance. And I say that knowing that, yes, they did beat Para at Para Stadium early in the year when Para were at full strength. And that was obviously their best performance of the year. I know that there's been chopping and changing because of Barbecue Gate. I'm not quite sure who they've played over the last few weeks since Barbecue Gate, but I dare say they wouldn't have won most of those games anyway. They might have jagged one or two, which might have been the difference possible. Certainly, they'd have them in the eight at the moment. But uh, I know when we looked at the draw a couple of weeks ago, and, and we had them, well, I don't think we had them winning any games between then and the end of the year um, because they're coming up against the top sides. Yeah, they played so Manly I, and South, and the Titans were yeah, in there too. Okay. Well, you know, they're not going to win those games even with the Raiders they lost yeah. to last week. Yeah, well, maybe they, they would have been a better chance with, with some of those other players there. But I still think, you know, they're, they're pushing it to be a team like the Raiders 
if the readers are informed. So uh, I do feel for the supporters of that club, it's really been a roller coaster for them in, uh, in 2021. But effectively, their season is over. And uh, I can't see them beating Penrith this week. Penrith are going to be off their game for, for St. George Illawarra to get these two points. Yeah, no, you you got to back Penrith in this one. And as we said, we've talked about Penrith quite a bit so far in this podcast because they are a top contender. Um, as I said, the, the, the Dragons... They just don't have the the class at the moment. Um, I, I, I think Tarek Sims is a massive out for them. And as you said, Hunt's out. And they haven't been playing the football in recent weeks that would even suggest that uh, they're going to trouble the Panthers. The only thing to talk about here that we probably haven't is a very minor um, case that uh, Momorowski, we've got to remember, it was a head in, uh, injury last week uh, so anytime there's a head injury we've got to keep in mind that there is a chance that um, they may not get through the protocols but from what we're hearing they're pretty confident that he might play you never know that might open up a position for Taylor May in the outside well, yeah. backs yeah, yeah. potentially um, yeah certainly someone would have to go in I, I, I was going to say they got Needham but I really wouldn't want to play Needham in the centres he gets exposed in defence there um, but Isaac Tego. I would think could go straight in yep. to the centres and, and he could certainly bring Taylor May onto the bench. Um, yeah. Yep. And don't don't forget though, there's still a lot of talent missing from this um this Penrith side. No Coruscant, no, no Fisher Cleary, Harris, yeah. Fisher Harris, Toto. Plenty yep. of plenty of talent Very to come well. back in. So it really shows where they're at, the fact that we're giving them such a big rap and we're very confident that they're gonna win this week. All right, so both of us going Panthers in that one. As we move along throughout uh, Friday night football, we've got the Brisbane Broncos at home uh, at Suncorp Stadium. So it's a genuine home game for the Broncos. A lot of teams at home this week, but playing uh, away from home, so to speak. Uh, We have Brisbane taking on the Roosters, 8.05 Friday night. Uh, In regard to team news in this one, uh, first of all, we'll talk about the uh the the Broncos, um, Corey Pace is a is a possible for this week. He's had an an, uh, ankle injury. Um, he's number eighteen this week, so he's definitely one to to keep an eye on. You'd imagine that if he gets through training and he's good to go, that um they would include him. Uh, Tom Flegler is also back from suspension, so that's a massive boost to the Brisbane pack. Uh, and we'll also see Albert Kelly back at number seven for the Broncos. So we've seen quite a bit of uh, rotation through their halves throughout the year. Uh, he's getting the the go this week. Um, he's fit to go, and he'll be replacing Brody uh, Croft in the halves. Selwyn Cobo is coming into centres for Jesse Arthurs, while Xavier Coates will be on the wing instead of um, Jermaine Asako. So very interesting to uh, to see uh, a few changes there for the Brisbane Broncos side. For the Roosters, Griffo mentioned the biggest um, out for the Roosters. They're going to be missing Angus Crichton. Uh, so Tupanura looks like he'll be the person to replace him. And that will mean that Joey Manu is going to go back to the, uh, the centres, 
Rhea Hargraves, he's also carrying a few niggling injuries. He's given a rest this week, so you won't see um, Big Joe Rhea Hargraves for the Roosters this week. Um, White joins the bench in his absence. Uh, other than that, they're not expecting any late changes. Uh, so we've got the Broncos here who are really down and out. Um, they're really playing for pride this time of season, Griffo. We've got the Roosters. They showed some good signs last week against the, the Panthers. Whilst we've got Crichton out and Jared Rhea Hargraves missing, uh, you'd still imagine that there's a lot of class in that team uh, that could cause the Brisbane Broncos some real concern this week. Yeah, Graham, um, I'm a bit, uh, as you've gone through those changes uh, that I wasn't aware of because I haven't looked at the team list till till now, I'm not convinced uh, it's going to be quite... Not as clean cut as we thought, maybe. No. Earlier in the year, we saw that the Broncos did pull off a surprise victory over the Roosters, I think, at the SCG. That was um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard... It's hard to back the Broncos, but um, you know, this, is, this is a 50-50 for me. Um, Xavier Coates, as you mentioned, uh, he's, he's back in favour. He's been waiting for a while. Um, they are without Katoni Staggs, um, so their their attack is not going to be quite as good as as. as Possibly it could be, but I do like the look of the forwards for the Broncos. Flegler back after suspension. Payne Haas is probably the, the, the top front rower in the game at the moment. Glenn and Ricky are handy. Hetherington's been good. Uh, and then the guys like Rabati, Bullimore, Kennedy, Willison. It's a big bench. Um the Roosters are really down on forward strength for mine with, with the loss of Jared Waria Hargreaves. He only played about 11 or 12 minutes last week, um, all taking into account that he was just, he was Sinbin for 10 minutes, but he obviously had an injury and then they've given him a complete rest this week. Uh, they realise that uh, they want him at his best in the, the games that count a bit more. It's quite an inexperienced side um, for the Roosters. Yes, they've got Tedesco. Yes, they've got Joey Manu. Yes, they've got Victor Radley. But uh, some of the other guys that they've got in there would no way have been uh, expected to be in a Roosters top 17 at the start of the year. Uh, they've got a butcher and a baker on the bench, which is, you know, and they've got the other butcher in the second row. So uh, the little lamb there is trying to run away from those guys, obviously. Um, yeah, oh gosh, Graham, this is a toughie. Um, I knew about the loss of Crichton, but with Rhea Hargreaves out as well, I'm, I'm almost tempted to tip the Broncos. Um, I just don't yeah, know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Um, <laughs> I think I've got myself back into a some sort of a chance in the tipping comp. Uh, <laughs> it would be a point of difference. You might get one up on everyone if there's an upset. Yeah, I, I reckon that, you know, for those who, who actually look at the team list, um, 
there might be some support for the Broncos. Oh, it's just the forward pack that concerns me for the Roosters and the lack of some of the some of the go forward in particular. Um, Walker and Hutchison up against Kelly and Gamble. Gosh. Who are you tipping, Graham? Who are you tipping? I'm, I'm, I'm tipping in the I'm tipping the Roosters in this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm playing it safe a bit. I, I can't afford to drop too many in the tipping comp, but I, I think they've still got enough class in key positions. Um, yeah, I know Sam Walker's still got a bit to go, and I've also had concerns at times about Adam Kieran. I'm not sure how he's. How well he's slotted in, um, obviously. Well, I, I think he's there as a goal kicker, to be honest. Oh, I think so too. I've, I've said that tongue-in-cheek watching the games the last few weeks, just made comments. Uh, he's there for his goal kicking. I, I The other day he missed one. I said, Jesus. the poor bloke missed is, a couple against the Panthers. So he's yeah, there he's for his goal kicking and he can't even do that. That was, you know, and I know that's a bit unfair on him, but in this Roosters team, they expect a higher class of, of, uh, of player, especially in those key... Uh, positions where you're looking to score points. Uh, I still think they've got... I mean, they've still got some good class in this team. And, you know, you got Radley there. I really, really like Radley and Verrills. There was a long time there when they weren't playing and we were hoping they'd come back. They, they've got a bloke in Tedesco that can win it out of nothing. So I, I, I think they'll get the job done. I'm pretty confident that they'll win. But I'll tell you what, Griffo, given your um, indecisiveness... And of course, we don't condone betting. Is it fair to say that punters should consider the four dollars fifty on offer for the Brisbane Broncos? Is that really? <laughs> yeah. Four dollars fifty. Yeah. The uh, I'm not a betted man, but I'm Roosters are by that. Roosters are one one dollar twenty favourites. That's ridiculous. Isn't that 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 that? I think, and you know, often we uh, we talk about some of the lower teams and we don't give them enough credit, and it's one of the things where. People give us feedback and say, oh, I'll be a bit more positive about the lower-ranked teams. But this is one of those weeks where the Brisbane Broncos will really... They'll, they'll test the Roosters in, in certain aspects of the game. Oh, tell you what, Graham, I'm, I'm, I'm almost declaring Broncos here. I, I just... just I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a decent position. I've got myself back into a decent position in the, in the tipping comp. And, oh, gosh, this is a <laughs> tough one. The Roosters have got the two class players on the field, Tedesco and Joseph Manu. Um, the Broncos have got the best forward out there with Payne Haas. The likes of Bullimore, Rabati, Ricky are very good ball runners and potential, you know, try scorers. Uh, I know you could say the same thing about Tupanua for the Roosters. Radley is a class player. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, uh, I, I see the likes of Ricky and, and Bullymore and Rabati targeting Sam Walker and maybe having some success there. Um, now they're obviously they're playing at Suncorp, uh, the crowds are back, I believe, this weekend or half full. Well, they wouldn't yeah, have got yeah. more than half full anyway, I don't think, but. Oh, what the heck. I'm going to go Broncos. There we go. That's what I'm we wanted. I'm going to go Broncos. 
Yeah. Uh, everyone else in the tipping comp just cheered there. <laughs> we got one on him. <laughs> yeah. Look, it could be a master stroke. It could be a stroke of genius. No, it could be a stroke of you're, EDC, but, you know, not brave, for the time. You're braver than me. I'll stick with the, the Roosters. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good Friday night game, you know. For us down in Sydney, being in lockdown, uh, there's worse things to do than watch the Broncos versus the Roosters on of Friday course, night on the telly. Graham, um, Kevin Walters came out and said that, uh, you know, the reason they didn't make the eight, or not going to make the eight, is because Katoni Staggs missed most of the season. I thought that was a, a little overstated there, but, you know, Kevin comes out with some interesting things from time to time. Yeah, I mean, look, he's 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 definitely key, and everyone knows who listens to this podcast that I'm a huge fan of his. And I, I know that they were a different team with him in the squad. But if all it took was one good centre to win a comp, um, then a lot of other clubs. Yeah, there's I, a lot. I, I think they got a lot of other. No, no, I I think there's a lot of other things that need to go in place. Um, I don't know if that was Kevy's roundabout way of saying Stags is a good player. No, you got to he, He's you you got to try and make some excuses. I don't know. I think they've got, yeah, there's more happening there than um than uh, than a key centre being out. So, look, I'm tipping the Roosters. I'll stick with the Roosters, but I, I think this will be a belter. I think you're right, Griffo. Um, give, give the Broncos a lot of credit in this one. Okay, we're going to move on to Saturday afternoon here. We have, uh, yet again, one of those situations where... The home team is playing at the away team stadium. So this has worked out for the Gold Coast Titans a few uh, times over the past couple of weeks, given that all the footy is being played in Queensland. South Sydney uh, hosting the Titans at SEPA Super Stadium on the Gold Coast at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, for the Rabbitohs in this one, we're seeing the same team that uh, beat the Eels last week, and a lot of people would expect uh, that that's that's what you go with when you've got such a um, emphatic win. But we keep we need to keep in mind for the Rabbitohs that there are a few players that are still not back uh, that have been obviously in contention in recent weeks. Uh, those being Campbell Graham, Liam Knight. Neither of those two players are on the reserves this week. Still waiting on Alex Johnston to be fit. Uh, as we mentioned, they've got some big games coming up uh, in the future. So still a strong team for the Rabbitohs with Mansour and Paulo holding their places on the wing. Um, for the Gold Coast side, um, Jamal Fogarty. Now he's... He has recovered from a finger injury, but Holbrook has gone with Sexton. Sex bomb. And Ash Taylor. Um, and that Not really... Sex bomb. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> no. there's, there's, we often don't call his play sexy, but anyway. But that shows the uh, the quality and the, 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 um, the faith they have in Sexton moving forward. We've talked a lot in recent weeks about him as... The long-term option for them there, but Fogarty for those Titans fans, he's in jersey number twenty-one this week. He's on the reserves. Um, look, Holbrook. To, to quote him, he said Jamal's been good for us last year, but this year I'm really happy with Toby and Ash. So um, that's what we're expecting to see this week is Toby and Ash. So that's uh, Taylor and Sexton. 
a bit of trivia for you, a nice little tidbit. Uh, Jared Wallace is playing his 100th game for the club. We have here the Titans, Griffo. They're your, your yo-yo team this year. They've been up and down. They've got a real test this week against the Rabbitohs. Um, if they're going to be any chance in this game, and I know some people may give them a chance, they're going to have to score a lot of points, which is something we saw last week. They were able to put 36 points on the board, albeit against the Cowboys team. Bit of a different step in class this week, though. Yes. Now, before I talk about the game, I just had a thought. Imagine if number six for the Titans was Ashley Madison in partnership with the Sex Bomb. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's Ashley Taylor, but uh, not to worry. Um, uh, Back to the game. For mine, I think this is probably the game of the round. Um, I'm not sure if there's any other clashes where you've got two top eight teams, although probably para. Um, Yeah, we'll get to that one. Um, But I, I think this, if the Titans aim up, they can really test the rabbit holes. Um, I don't think they will beat the rabbit holes because uh, the rabbit holes are likely to put on 40 against the Titans. Titans may score 32. Um, so I think it'll be a high scoring game because both teams, have, their strength is their attack. Um, I do think South's defense across the park is probably better than that of the Titans. Uh, although, as we know, South have had their issues. Um, yeah, they, they still leak some points. They do, and they'll be exposed by the Titans. Uh, and as I said, I think the Titans will score a few, but I think the Rabbit will score more because they're a, they're a better team. Um, I, I look forward to this clash, a three o'clock game on a, on a Saturday. Uh, it'll be daytime rugby league, which is probably suits both teams with their attacking mm. style. Um, but the Rabbitohs have got a guy called Latrell Mitchell, and the Titans don't. The Rabbitohs have got Cody Walker, and the Titans have got Ash Taylor, who who you know he's 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 been okay in the last few weeks, Ash mm. Taylor, but and, and and to further your other point there, you know, with with Latrell Mitchell. AJ Brimson's a quality player, just not. Oh, at that absolutely! Level. He's out. He's yeah. a great player, but he's not Latrell Mitchell. No, um, Latrell Mitchell can just bully teams. Um, Brimson is a really, really. I love watching him play. He, he's yeah. a great ball runner, but he doesn't have that presence on the field that that Latrell Mitchell does. Who's a massive human who runs quickly. He's just power personified. Close to the line, he's unstoppable. Just while Um, we're talking about fullbacks, Griff, I know I'm taking you off topic here, but I I thought it would be worth asking because I know for a long time you've talked about James Tedesco as being the best player in the game, let alone the best fullback. Given recent form, would it be fair to say that Turbo's the best player? I think so at the current level. Where would you put Latrell in Two. that list? That's Two. a bit, yeah, and that and that that's a massive call. That really shows the impact. And not far has. behind, not no. far behind. Yeah, that's you that. Know. That really indicates where we're at with with Latrell going into this game. Yeah, and that's not any disrespect to to Teddy. 
um, who's who's been at the top for a few years now. His form hasn't waned. Just these guys can do things that he can't do, um, and vice versa. Um, it, you know, we're talking about elite talent, the likes of which we haven't seen all at the same time previously. Like, none, none of them at the moment have surpassed Billy Slater, um, but they may well, all three may well by the time they're finished. Uh, and that's, again, that's not disrespect to Billy Slater, who's, who's been the best fullback there's ever been. Um, the trajectory that Tommy Turbo's on, um, yeah, I've got him at number one at the moment. But there's not much in it. Uh, Luttrell is he's in he's in a good headspace, and he's enjoying his rugby league. and And when that's the case, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what the Titans have to contend with. Luttrell, Cody Walker, Cody Walker's a genius. Um, when he's club, on, he's on. At club he? football. Yeah. At club yeah. football. He, obviously, he hasn't... He's only had limited opportunities. I thought he played really well in game two of Origin last year. We were at that game. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great. Um, I just I just think... I think we were at that. I know I was at that game. Were you, were you there, Graham? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I get confused. We've been to a few games. Yeah, I think there was a former big man there uh, with us, and uh, uh, anyway, um, anyway. So, but Cody Walker was really good that night. He, um, uh, uh, Nathan Cleary was man of the match, but only for mine. Just just slightly shading out Cody Walker. Um, I mean, we'll never know this year if 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 the Walker Reynolds combination would have got New South Wales a victory. Um, that's history. I think Queensland were happy that they, they didn't go for the South combo, but uh, the South combo wearing Myrtle and Cardinal, or not necessarily in that order, they've just blown teams off the park, um, playing a, a brand of attacking football that few teams have, have been able to handle. They've only lost the Rabbitohs. They've only lost against the Storm and the Panthers. No one else. And I can't see that changing um, right through to the end of the season. I think South win against anyone um, other than maybe the Panthers or the Storm. And, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, do, do they play Manly before the season end, Graham? Or? Uh, the Rabbitohs. Uh, they... I, I throw these questions no. uh, at you. Okay. They don't. Unless so, they meet in the semis at some stage. So, again. So, I'll give you the Rabbitohs run home just because we've been talking about a lot of the other top clubs. It, it, it is a tough one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Titans this week, Panthers next week, Roosters the week after, and they finish with the Dragons. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think they're going to be troubled by any of those teams except for the Panthers. Um, and I'm not saying the Panthers are going to beat them. I'm just saying the Panthers will, will trouble them. But uh, yeah, of course. As much and, and I, I do think the Titans make the eight. 
And I do think they're they're a good rugby league side. They they have made some progress on the defence. It's been their Achilles heel right throughout the year. Um, they will see this game as a potential turning point in their club's history. Uh, if they beat, excuse me, if they beat the Rabbitohs, they virtually, you know, almost assure themselves of the top eight spot because. Um, their draw is not too bad from memory. Uh, this is a good side, the Titans, with a guy that will trouble the Rabbitohs in David Fafita. He troubles everyone. Um, whether whether he can trouble them enough to, to get the victory, I, I don't think so. I do think, as I said, the Titans will score a number of tries. I just think the Rabbitohs will score more. Your thoughts, Graham? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think you, you'd expect most people to be tipping the Rabbitohs this week. It is a bit of a danger game for South Sydney in a sense that you'd want to hope that they uh, have the right mindset going into this. They have the talent, they have the class and the form to beat the Titans. But um, we do know that the Titans, as you said, have a lot of points in them and we know that South can leak some points. This is a type of game where, you know, South could win... 40 points to 28. That would not surprise me this week. I'm tipping 40 to 32, Graham, just yeah. quietly. Yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Given, as you said, uh, I, I hope... I haven't seen the weather forecast for the Gold Coast, but I hope there's no rain forecast because if this is a you know beautiful Saturday afternoon on a dry track, um, both these teams are going to gonna love throwing the ball and, uh, and chancing their arm a little bit. I think South Sydney this week against a team like the Titans, their left edge is going to see a lot of points. Uh, the concern is that they might rely on that left edge a little bit too much, but the points are flowing at the moment, and I don't think that's going to be a concern until they come up against the really good defensive sides like they will next week against the Panthers. So given the um, the form that South Sydney's in, uh, especially uh, some of the forwards, I really, I'm looking forward to this forward battle so much. The South forwards are in awesome form, but they come up against some real top quality forwards when you've got Wallace, Fodawaka, Proctor, um, Fafida. Interesting to see if he starts or if he's on the bench. Uh, but, you know, uh, Big Tino's there as well. There's a really uh, good battle there happening in the forwards that I think where South Sydney's going to um, show their strength is when they start to get that forwards rotation happening. Uh, one thing we haven't made huge uh, comments about this week was the uh, return of Tavita Totola. He was one of their form fours before he went out injured. He returned he? last week. and he no, was, I was going to say, I thought yeah, he was back last week. Yeah, yeah, he was back last week, and he was great last week. Um, and obviously, you got Host and Sewer there with Marshall as an, uh, as an option to come on and play a um, supporting role. The the back row for South Sydney, I think Griffo, you mentioned it might have been last week or the week before yep. that no, it could, last possi- week, last could, week. could possibly be the best back row at the moment in the NRL with Kalamatangi, Arrow and Murray. Um that's a very strong, skillful back row. And Kalamatangi and Arrow specifically, they've been um breaking that advantage line whenever Either of them takes the ball up. Uh, they're making meters post contact. We know the uh, the talent of a Cam Murray. He's always in the right spot at the right time. 
there's just so much class in this South Sydney team. And I think also, too, before we move on from South Sydney, we need to just quickly comment on the fact that this week we saw Adam Reynolds become the highest point scorer in the history of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So since the club was founded and um, took part in the first ever rugby league season in 1908, no other player has scored more points for South Sydney than Adam Reynolds. So I think that's a massive achievement with him overtaking oh, the great Ad, uh, yeah, Eric Sims. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm tipping them. I'm expecting them to win. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, lots of points. If you're going to watch a game, if you're a neutral fan, you want some entertainment, this is this is one to watch. Yeah, so to all our, our listeners in Norway and right around the world, <laughs> I don't, you know, if you can get that, I think there's a an NRL way that, that people in those countries can get NRL live, the games. This is really a game that if you like, um, you like to see tries, you like to see length of the field movement, this is your game for this week. Yeah, no, this is the entertainment one. So um, I'm tipping South, but I think there'll be lots of points scored and it'll be uh, a great one to keep your eye on. All right, second game of Super Saturday this week will involve the uh, Cowboys and the Tigers. So 5.30 just, p.m. Sorry, Graham. I'm getting yep. a vibe from Shano. There's a vibe <laughs> coming through. <laughs> it's a smelly one. Yeah, so sorry you'd imagine that the, the Tigers might be able to defend the cup they won last week. Um, <laughs> in they Yeah, so the Cowboys taking on the Tigers this week. Uh this game's happening at Townsville on 5, uh, 5.30. Look, the good thing, even if you do have a Portaloo game of the week, Griffo, is that they're not the easiest to tip because sometimes you find that uh, they are closely contested um, games. Look, the Tigers are two wins outside of the eight. So, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see. They've still got to play. They've got a tough couple of tough games, but... They'll, they'll fancy themselves against the Cowboys. They've still got to play the Bulldogs, Sharks, Panthers uh, here and there. So, you know, it's a big game for them. Um, for the Cowboys this week, um, they made a few decisions on Tuesday uh, to mix up the team slightly. So, we've got Asiel partner Granville in the centres. Granville seems to be another player who's uh, collecting jersey numbers this year, uh, finding himself uh, in different areas of the back line. Um, the mayor, who have we got? Yeah, so Cotter uh, is still another week welcome away. Back. Yes, they won't be welcoming back Cotter um, for another week or two. Oh, so he'll be back. no, he'll be on the sideline with the uh, with the Sweat Hogs this week, watching this one from the sidelines. Um, they also reckon that the Hammer is look. They're saying. Three more games. There's four to go. Uh, yeah. We know he had that appendix surgery, so come back next year, Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Get well. Look and come after back yourself. Next year. That's that's the main thing. Um, look, the Tigers unchanged seventeen. The only change that I can see of note that's worth having a chat about is uh, James Roberts, number twenty one. So we know he um, he had to do his. Uh, COVID quarantine suspension, however we'd put it. Uh, we, we talked quite a bit about that incident in uh, in recent weeks. So, look, he's, he's on the extended bench. Um, I think for, for the Tigers and Michael Maguire, 
he's trying to reward those players who um, look they they got the job done last week. Uh, we we we've often talked about the the competition they came up against. This week, Griffo, I'll, I'll put it out. There's another one where the Tigers fans should be expecting another two points, and you know they'll they'll, they'll be hoping that that might you know mathematically keep them in contention for this top eight. Well, I'll come to that in a sec, Graham. But I've got a question for you. Yeah. What product are Portaloos made out of? Most of Essentially, plastic. they're plastic, aren't they? <laughs> what is the Cowboys' second row made out of? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There's one thing I forgot to talk about. It's made. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But yeah. So we've got. We got the plastic look, we got the, in the second yes. row. The yeah. I'll tell you what. The balloon. If they're not sponsored on game day by <laughs> uh, by Ansel, then I'll uh, eat my hat. We've got the condon and the uh, and, and the, the balloon. The balloon. And oh, look, that's and look, I up this game. And one of those things that I didn't mention, and it, it, it escaped my mind, I think, because we talked about it already off air. Um, Tamalolo, he's um, broken his hand again. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 it's. it's it, it, yeah, I, I've never heard of a player having so many issues with their hands. <laughs> like, well, in regards to injuries, I know a lot of them drop balls and whatnot and have hands like flippers, yeah. but uh, he's he's had he's had quite a few injuries in regards to his hands. That's something we've talked he about a lot on the to, He podcast. just needs to, to do his boxing practice on a bag, not on the brick wall. Oh. Um, seriously, like, maybe I'm Phenomenal. Not, but have you, you've never heard of a guy breaking his arm three times in one season? A lot of most players will go through a career without breaking a hand. You might have a dislocated finger. You might have a few, you know, ligament issues here and there. But am I the hmm. only one out there questioning how these, these he's breaking his hands constantly? Or well, to me, it's just frustration, and he's hitting a brick wall or something. No, the question's worth being asked. Definitely, right. is. I could be I could be right off the mark. I mean, we're, we're frustrated and perplexed, and we're not even Cowboys fans. How do you think they feel? This is a bloke who, you know, years ago, they they basically put all their eggs in his basket and said, this is the guy we're building our team around. And, and, and you know, for the for the most part of that contract, he's been an excellent player in good form. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate with these injuries, and uh, it's, a, it's a recurring one. Well, there's... Again, I... I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist, but this don't seem like a happy camp. Um, not Todd much to Payton be happy about, in. though. No, no, but Todd Payton came in, and he did a fantastic job last year with the Warriors. Correct. So much yeah. so that the Warriors offered him a contract. And it, I believe the reason he didn't accept was because his wife did not want to go and live in New Zealand. Um Mind you, uh, Townsville is probably just about as far as from Sydney as what New Zealand is. <laughs> it's it's um, actually a longer it's just flight. You don't I think. have to go over the water. Yeah, but, you don't need a passport. Yeah, um, and and I'm going to say it that I think he's been, I, th- I think he's been a, a bit of a failure as a coach at that club at this point in time. Um, 
granted, he doesn't have the greatest roster, but they were in the eight until they let Clifford go down to the Knights and they brought in Dearden. Um, and of course, we know that they signed Townsend for 800 a season for the next, I think, three seasons, which I think that is almost as bad a signing as anything the West Tigers have done. Um, now, again, I might be proved wrong on that, but they've paid more than double for someone to steer their ship next year, the ship that has sunk pretty much this year. Um, they started awfully. Then they put a great run together where they won six out of eight. And they haven't won a game since. And that turning point was when they released Clifford and they brought in Dearden. Now, there's been drama with Tal Malolo the whole season. They, were, they played their first game against the Panthers. They went down 24-0. They were the worst, probably the worst team I've seen uh, at Penrith's visiting team for a long time. Um, it's just the Panthers didn't really have their attack in gear that night, but it was just complete control. They just didn't score a lot of tries. And the Cowboys never looked like scoring. And, uh, and Peyton came out, was critical of, of Tal Malolo. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if that was a good move. You, you, can, you can be critical behind closed doors, but to come out publicly, and um, that would have been, well, I'm sure Tal Malolo didn't like that. that. That stretch where they won... I heard a stat this week. Jason Tamalolo has only played in two winning Cowboys teams all season. Um, that run they had where where they won six out of eight, that was largely when he, you know, he went from one broken hand to another broken hand. Mm. Um, uh, we're, we're down here in Sydney and, and, and we've tended to focus, I guess, more on the, the problems of the opponents, the West Tigers and the Bulldogs, uh, in our and we have been critical, and I, I, I've been critical, particularly the Tigers and the Bulldogs. But I think the Cowboys are actually going worse than the West Tigers. Um, they sort of slip under the radar a bit because you know they are in Townsville, but I, I think they've been dreadful for for quite a while. And when you've got your number one player and your captain, who was obviously unhappy, obviously unhappy, and I'm only speculating about the broken hands, not that he's got a broken hand, but just how it might have happened. I just I find it hard to believe that a guy who's not broken his hand before ends up with three in one season. We know he's frustrated. Um he doesn't see a lot of game time. The coach had him playing at at, at uh at second row last week. He's not a second roller. He didn't play well. Um, I just think there's massive problems that that club is experiencing. And uh, and I'm going to tip the Tigers this week simply because I think they're in better form and their list is, is currently better than what the Cowboys have to offer. Um, 
the Cowboys are without the hammer still, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, he would make a difference to their, their attack. Of course, the last time these two teams played, it was, um, it was the big game, uh, the tribute to Tommy Redonicus at Leichhardt Oval very early in the season. And the Tigers were abysmal in the first half. They got, they nearly got lapped in the first half, um, booed off by their fans. They came back and made it quite a, a, a narrow loss, but um, the damage was done in the first half. Um, I just think the Tigers, they, they got Duwe here in, in really good form. Um, their forward pack for mine is is stronger. Then the, the Cowboys, um, yeah, I just think the Tigers get this one simply because they're playing the Cowboys who, who are really, really struggling. Great. Yeah, yeah, look, I agree with everything you said, mate. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, this Cowboys team, it just seems a bit unsettled for me. I feel like, you know, there, there are a couple of players that have been in form and they're still, but I feel like, you know, there are other players that might be in and out, a few positional changes, and, you know, I know fans are going to listen and say, well, hang on, you know, you can say the same about the Tigers. I just, I don't know, I just think at the moment with the Tigers, it could be as simple as the fact that they're still a slight sniff of the eight. They're coming off a win. I, th- I think they'll get the job done, but, geez, I'm not confident in this one. There was a part of me early on in the week when I saw the draw that thought that the Cowboys... Might be the tip here, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna stick with the Tigers. I think I'll stick with the Tigers in this one. Um, but uh, yet again, uh, I, I expect a close one here, and uh, it could be one that um, could very well d- divide some of the tipsters in your comps. All right, moving on to 7.35 on Saturday evening. Uh, This game will happen on the Sunshine Coast. We've got the Manly Seagulls taking on the Parramatta Eels. So this is definitely one of those big games that has uh, top four implications. And the for and against difference between these two teams is only two points. So a Seagulls win could well... Uh, see them move up into fourth spot in place of the Eels. So that just shows how much is on the line this week when Manly take on Parramatta on Saturday night. Um, we're starting to see that Saturday night 7.30 time slot be a real uh, real highlight of the week. So uh, another belter coming up this week. Um, Josh Alloway is starting a prop with uh, Paseka out with an injury. Uh, he's got an ankle injury and they're looking at about a month for that one, so Cindy won it. Uh, is it a Cinder's Moses? I thought it is was it? Cindy. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So being a, a month recovery, that would make sense. It's a high ankle sprain. Uh, usually, those ligaments between the uh, the two lower leg bones. Um, yeah, it's a common injury these days, and one that uh, yeah, I'd, I'd expect if that's the case, then yeah, you're looking at um, yeah, close to a month for that one. Um, we also see Sipley out through suspension. Uh, Curtis Sirenin's one of the players to come back on the bench, uh, for the Sea Eagles. For the Eels, uh, massive out for them is, uh, the loss of hooker Reed Marnie. We saw he was very animated when he came off last week, yeah. clearly upset. Um, 
And uh, rightly so, given the fact that uh, he had re-injured that shoulder. Um, we talked about it off air, and I remember at the time I messaged uh, you fellas straight away. This, for the listeners at home, this is a very similar situation to uh, Nathan Cleary, where we had a player who had uh, shoulder instability. Uh, they looked to strengthen the surrounding structures and the rotator cuff muscles. Uh, and it was just the fact that he um, he didn't have as much stability in his shoulder. And when he's fallen, uh, he's done further damage to that shoulder. And um, look, he's, he's out for the rest of the season. He's going to have to have that surgery now. Um, there's no doubt about that. So Reid Marnie out for the rest of the year for the Eels. Massive loss. Uh, the obvious uh, player to come in for them would be uh, Lussick. So he's been named at number nine. There is also a lot of talk that um, he and Will Smith will share that uh, dummy half role. We see Will Smith this week. Um, he is number 14. So the Fresh Prince well and truly in line to get some game time this week. Um, we also see, it, it, it's funny, we've got... Um, Makatoa. Moonlight Shadow is back. Yeah, well, I was going to say we've got Makatoa making his debut off the yeah, bench. Macarena. And Michael Oldfield, the uh, the Moonlight Shadow. Moonlight Shadow, so Shano's favourite player. Yeah, this will be his first game of the season. Um, Hayes Dunster's being dropped to the reserves. Look, that's he, he not a, a surprise. He, a poor he was. Game. Poor old Dunster last week. Yeah, they, they, the they threw a lot him. at him. Threw a yeah. lot at him. Those concerns we could imagine um, being felt by the Eels. Michael Oldfield brings a bit of experience to that position. I think they're just looking for someone who's going to be a bit more solid in defence because this Seagulls side, um, they've got a lot of a lot of strike, a lot of attack. And as we said, Griffo, their fullback's the best in the game at the moment. Yeah. I can't see anything but a manly victory here. A lot well, of people also talking about Daly M for Trebojevic. Have you crunched any numbers to see if he's played enough games to be in that contention? Uh, the thing is, Graham, I think he's played about 12 games. He's been man of the mm. match in probably nine or ten of them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, That's usually enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nathan Cleary was leading until he got injured. Um, yep. And then, and, yeah, that's, that's the end of his aspirations. But and, at the time, I think Turbo won't far behind him anyway. No. Nah. And oh, Mitchell's ineligible because of that suspension earlier on the, oh, okay. in the year. All right. So just well, keep in mind that Latrell won't. Uh, yeah, I'm not all over. I imagine Kobe Walker would be up there. He's he's been outstanding as well. But um, yeah, I, I think Turbo, if he keeps playing, if he's not injured, um, he probably takes takes out the Dallian. But uh, and and I'd have no objections whatsoever um, if that were the case. Uh, as far as this game goes, yeah, Parramatta copying it from everyone at the moment. Um, talk of you know the coach, uh, good coach, but can't sort of get them, you know, from say a seven out of ten team to a nine out of ten team. Um, can get you'll get you to the semis, but you know, you're going out straight out the back you know, back door. And then the reality is that's what's happened to them in the last few years. They've not threatened at all. Um, they've been consistent through most of the season and they've fallen away at the end of the season. They are currently on that falling away 
um, slide. Um, they are, they have been coming up against the big guns in the last few weeks and that will continue through to the end of the season. And, you know, I, I do give them the Cowboys game. I think they play the Cowboys next week, but that might be the only win they get for the rest of the year. Mm. Uh, they are without, as you mentioned, a key player in Reed Marnie. They're also without RCGs, been out for a couple of weeks. So that, you know, the strength of the Parramatta game has been the, the forward power game that they've been able to play. And they, they've just run roughshod over most teams. Um, they're not going to do that against Manly, uh, even though uh, big Paseca is missing. And, and you mentioned Sipley as well, another big lad. Um, they've still got plenty of power there, like LIA and Tapao. They're not the biggest guys, but they're, they're pretty strong guys. Um, the guy that impresses me, well, actually, the back row impresses me. Olukawatu and, and Schuster, the two second rowers, they're, they're both dynamic players. Um, they, 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 you know, they got Tommy Turbo and Parra don't. It's as simple as that. Like, it's a class class gap between these two teams. The, the Eels will try hard. They'll be in the game. But I just think... Uh, Manly have got more try scoring potential than, than what the Eels have got. Uh, and, and therefore they win the game. Um, and if that happens, as I expect, then there'll be even more talk about Parra during the week. Um, and the fact that uh, they're, you know, they're going to not make the top four and then they're going to be pretty much out the door pretty quickly come semifinals. Uh, there's only one way to stop all that talk and that's actually win games. And, and I know, you know, there's an extra motivation for Parramatta to, to say, well, look, you know, we are contenders. Um, they beat Manly. A lot of that talk that we've heard, it'll stop right hmm. away. Yeah. This is their week to prove it. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they've had a few weeks where they could have great, but this is, again, this is one of them yeah. or it just adds fuel to the fire. Um, and that fire that is is you know got the uh, the eels on the rotisserie. It's turning around and uh, it's getting a little bit hot because uh, that fire is burning uh, for Para. And the only way to do anything about it is to start winning rugby league games against quality sides. Um, if they beat Manly, the talk about Para will stop temporarily, um, at least for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, I just can't see him beating Manly. I think, as I said, there's a class gap between these two teams. If there was no turbo this week, then I think Para would be in with a show. But uh, he's there, so no show Para. Manly for me. Yeah, Graham. and 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 even though we we talked about um, Parramatta not quite being there last week with South Sydney, South Sydney showed that there was a oh, a class divide. Them off the park, like seriously. And, 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 you know, I, I mentioned that Reid Marnie's a loss. What we've also got to understand, too, is Reid Marnie went off with a couple of minutes left to go in that game. He pretty much played the whole game. There was only a few minutes left where they had to play without him. The game was well and truly gone. So you could effectively say that, that, that last week, even with Marnie in the side, who has been one of their best players uh, and really key for them, that they were really struggling to... Um, 
to to match it with a top quality side like the Rabbitohs. I see a similar thing happening this week. I think that Manly's got too much class. I think that they are really building. They're, they're strong. And, and look, they went down last week, as I said, but they um, they come up against the best team in the competition. And I think that this week they're, they're going to show that that top four spot that Parramatta currently holds belongs to the Seagulls. And um, I think Manly will get the job done. Agree. All right, so moving on to our uh, Sunday football this week. Uh, the Warriors are going to take on the Bulldogs. This game's going to happen at uh, Redcliffe, which is good to see some uh, football come to the home of the Dolphins there in Redcliffe. Uh, the Warriors, they're still expecting another week out for uh, DWZ. He's, um, yeah, he was unlucky to uh, fail to beat a contrary conduct charge at the judiciary on Tuesday night. So he got a one-match suspension. Um, Chad Townsend and Wade Egan have both been named on the extended bench this week, but um, don't expect them to to take part in the game at all. Um, For the Dogs... Ryan James and Corey Horsburgh, Horsburgh, I should say, will be um, the lone players, I should say. So they're going to be there for the next couple of weeks. So just keep that in mind that they're coming in on loan. Uh, Jack Hetherington and Dylan Napa will be missing for the next two games due to suspension. Um, Corey Waddell out of the squad, Matt Dury in. The Bulldogs coming off a loss in the uh, the big Portaloo game last week. This is an opportunity for the Warriors, Griffo. Um, last week, we, uh, we, we saw them win against the Sharks. We also know the week before that the Warriors got the job done against the Tigers. Um, so they've had a couple of more positive weeks after getting absolutely belted by South. Uh, prior to this, this is another one in that category where they'll be expecting to get the points here. We, we could be seeing the Warriors winning three on the trot. Well, it's, it's, you'd probably expect that. You know, they're playing the Bulldogs after all. Um, and the Bulldogs who have got a couple of, yeah, as you mentioned, a couple of players on loan to cover for... Uh, for their suspended guys, um, of course, Luke Thompson is is still suspended. Yep. Um, so all of the uh, the uh, the Bulldogs sort of firebrand players, they're all out on suspension. It's it's almost comical, really. Um, so they're a patchwork quilt a little bit. Uh, this team and uh, gee, yeah. I, it wouldn't matter who they were playing. I'd be tipping their opposition. Um, so, Reese Walsh, I think he'll have he'll go well this week up against the Bulldogs. Um, Edward Cossey, we expect to come in for DWZ. DWZ definitely out, suspended. Yeah, that that'd be um, yeah, look, it's not the best team the Warriors can field. They're missing a few. Um, again, Matt Lodge has been suspended. I think he got two weeks suspension. So he's actually his form when he's been on the field has been really mm. good since he's come to the Warriors. And we know missed... RTS is no longer there. No, he's gone. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... 
Yeah, I think they win simply because they're playing an inferior, like they're playing the worst team in the competition. You just can't tip the dogs, can you? I can't tip the dogs. <laughs> no, no. And they, but they haven't given you any reason this year to tip them. Well, they've won two games, Graham, and as you well know, they cost you. Uh, yeah. They cost you tipping the round when they they beat the St. George Illawarra yeah, they... Dragons long before Barbecue Gate. Am I? Am yeah, I add? That's true. They did. The um, I can't remember. I think it might be the Sharks. Might have been their other game they won. I'm not sure, but yeah, they've won two games. So uh, I don't see them winning three. Uh, I think the Warriors, even though they're well down on uh, what their best team could be, I just you know they've they've fought hard in the last few weeks. They're, they're missing a, a number of players who got suspended, relating to one William Chambers. Um, mm. We haven't talked about him yet. We might leave that conversation till we get to the Sharks game. Um, yeah, I just think the Warriors, Graham, simply because they're playing the Bulldogs. To be realistic, if the Warriors were playing anyone else, I'd probably be tipping, uh, tipping the opposition because it's not the strongest team the Warriors can field. No. And, um, and, and the other thing, too, is in regards to, um, you know, the Warriors... Uh, We've also got to talk about, you know, I just want to get your thoughts too. You would have watched the game the other day. You mentioned Will Chambers, and the first thing that comes to mind is Kane Evans. Um, that, 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 that's something where that was a contender for my gaff. Well, uh, I thought that might have been your gaff this week. I did not. I do not know usually what the gaff is coming into the show. So, listeners, um, you know, I, I sit on the edge of my seat i uh, wondering what this <laughs> gaff is going to be. I just hope I don't fall off the edge of my seat to create a new gaff. But, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Josh Curran, who was the gaff, uh, he's he's in the number 11 this week. And uh, uh, with you and Aitken, they form quite a good uh, second-row combination. Yeah. But um, with Kane Evans, um, like that's just sort of stuff you don't want to see in, in the game as well. Like I know there's sledging and all this sort of thing happening, but... Gee, that was just a bit of a bit of a brain snap. It was, you know, like obviously, obviously, Will Chambers really gets gets under the uh, skin of of a lot of players, and Kane Evans did what probably a lot of guys wanted to do. But I looked at it and I thought. He's gone. He's sort of thrown a, a half-baked punch slash push. Yeah, it wasn't a great punch. If it was a no, boxer, he didn't you'd be even. He, he didn't even aim for for the chin. Nah. He aimed lower, like it was like he was thinking, "Oh, I want to hit him, but I'm not really going to hit him." That's how, how I saw it. Um, both times, like he had two shots at him. You know it. It wasn't a full-on punch. It was sort of a half push, half punch aimed at the chest, not aimed at where it was probably going to do a bit more damage. Um, and and you know we saw Will Chambers just just laughing at him. He, mm. he thought it was hilarious, uh, especially as as Ed Kane Evans headed off to the uh, the tin bin for ten. And then later on, there was a second incident which I did not see at the time. Um, I'll be honest, I had nodded off. Um, 
Uh, when I nodded off, the, the Sharks were in command of that game. I think it was 16-6 or something like that. I woke up and and the Warriors, I think, were in front or just, yeah. Um, and then they're talking about Evans but had been gone again for another 10 minutes. You've got to think it was a, it was a great win by the Warriors to, to overcome being down a man for 20 minutes. Um, and as we know... We, uh, three guys from that team last week suspended, mm. largely the result of, of Will Chambers, who, oddly enough, was able to only be fined for his actions, but the Sharks heard enough of him and they dropped him. But uh... well, That brings up the point too, though, because obviously what we've heard this week is that the, the sledges, and we, we know that he used, he used words, we'll call it a sledge, that they were of a very personal nature from what we're hearing. Are we at the point where we need to take more notice of things that are verbally said and you know, these guys become more accountable for what they say? Because really in rugby league, it seems to be a game of you can say what you want, just don't hit a bloke. It, 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 well, it, in the rules, yes. That, that's yeah. how the rules stack up. Um. Yeah, you obviously want to see uh, a guy who's instigating stuff cop a suspension, even if it's only a week, um, and you'll stamp it out. You'll stamp it out. Like the Sharks, Coach Hannah came out the week before and said he was unhappy, unhappy with the uh, – what what uh, Chambers was doing? I think they played Manly the week before. I might be wrong on that, but but he was just he'd gone gone a bit, bit crazy, and uh, and they were getting pumped on the scoreboard. Um, and and Hane obviously had enough and dropped him. And, and I say credit to him. Mm. Um, yeah, Will Chambers, like he's a controversial figure, obviously. Uh, everything I hear is a great bloke off the field. Um, but why can't you just be a great bloke full stop? Why have yeah. you got to be a grub? Like, yeah, yeah. a lot of the top players, they just let their their form and their, their, their skills do the talking. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting approach there. Um, yeah, and obviously we know that that physical contact things that we see from evidence uh, from Evans, um, there's no surprise that there's going to be consequences for that. Uh, I did find it interesting though, uh, you know, in the lead up to this round. I mean, obviously we're coming out of the round talking about Evans and you know the brain snap, and it was a gaff contender. Um, I thought it was quite interesting that leading into the round, a lot of media outlets, including Fox and even the NRL on their own website. We're promoting the um, the Manly and Melbourne game. Uh, you know, looking back at the Battle yeah, of Brookvale. Battle and, of Brookvale, you're right, Graham. And and a lot of the promotion the double standard, really, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of the promotion for the game this week was, you know, oh, there's a big clash. Have a look at this stink that happened. And um, yeah, poor Kane Evans. He's been watching all the hype and the lead up, and uh, he took it a bit too literally. Well, that's the, that's the thing. Like it was it was a half baked. It wasn't a, a real punch. Nah. It was a half push to the chest, twice. Um, 
okay, if you're going to hit him, you may as well have hit him. Yeah, but like, then, yeah, and it's got to be frustrating because being... he's got the same, he's got the same, uh, the repercussions of being the 10 minute sin bin and your suspension. So if you think, well, you're going to go half baked, you may as well have done the job properly. Mm. Um, but in saying that, it shouldn't have done it at all. Yeah, it shouldn't be part but, of the game. But going off half baked still gets the same consequences as. As, as if if he actually, I think the last bloke that did throw a legitimate punch again on a sledger was Curtis Scott on on Dylan Walker, and he he caught him, he got him well, um, but again Dylan Walker is one of these you know he, he plays the game in a similar manner to to Chambers, yeah, um, and you know he came out and said you know I was giving it to him and, and he got me he wasn't complaining about it. I think he, um, he, busted, he broken he his jaw his, or something. He busted his eye socket. I think he got a couple oh, okay. of... Some, yeah. I knew something was broken, but... Yeah, his like, eye was... Kurt, I don't know. Curtis Scott, like, he's, he's a, obviously a bit of a loose cannon. Um, but, yeah, he didn't muck around. He didn't do a half-baked Kane Evans job. He actually he did the job, and, and I, I think he probably got more weeks than what Kane Evans got. But I think he got two... Did he? Okay. Well, yeah, he, he but... probably thought that was fair enough. Um, probably thought he got away with it, actually. And, but yeah, it comes back to this this argument about these guys who do go the sledge, and and know that the chances are that there's no recrimination for it. And, and I don't like it at all. I, I I don't like it in in any game that I've played. Um, of course, it goes on. I just, uh, I, I've got a different perspective, I guess, to some. I don't like it at all. I don't see why it has to be part of a game. No, it doesn't. Um, you know, I, I'm just one for play the game, whether it be rugby league, whether it be cricket, whether it be AFL, whatever. Just play the game. Um, yep. You know, this business of, oh, he's a really good guy off the field. Well, you know, part of him is is an absolute grub. You know, just be a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't like it at all. I never have. I've never liked it. And um, don't need it. We don't need it in the game. No, no, no. Totally agree. I totally know it's agree. Just to put the opposition off, but I just I don't. You know, just play the game. Look, if you want to put them off, score a try. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, run at true. the line. You know, make a hard tackle. You, you are doing more for your team if you move up in the line fast with a teammate and put a strong, solid, dominant tackle in. That's going yeah. to have more impact on you winning the game. These types of actions are going to be detrimental, so we yeah, don't want to see six tackles, it. apparently. Missed six tackles, Will Chambers, yeah. last week. Yeah, well, and I think that's... Obviously contributed to him being dropped for this week. Yeah, well, but, that's uh, that that's got more impact. That's that's going to do more to the team than anything that comes out of his mouth. So I think he needs to yeah. fix up his uh his defence before we worry too much about what he's saying verbally. Uh, in saying that, um, yeah, the Warriors uh, in this one, I think, uh, should yes, get the job done. They yeah. are playing the Bulldogs. Yep. <laughs> 
So as we said, the other team that we um, we have to preview this week are the Cronulla Sharks. We talked a bit there about Chambers given the fact that they played the Warriors last week. This week they come up against the Newcastle Knights and this game's also going to take place at Redcliffe. This one kicking off at 4pm. Uh, so Griffo's already mentioned for the Sharks that Will Chambers has been dropped in reaction to that loss to the Warriors last week. Um, Harati should be close. He's got that hand injury, but, um, it's not looking like he'll come back. They've got Talakai in the centers. So that's a big body and a, um, a, a big man, uh, for the Knights to contain out wide. Uh, for the Newcastle Knights, um, Heimel Hunt, he failed his head injury assessment last week. He's in doubt. Uh, but they've got the big turnaround this week. So a lot of people have been talking about the fact that he um, he has to get ready for this game. They've got a nine-day turnaround. So that may work in his favor and give him an extra couple of days to be good to go. Uh, Bradman Best has been cleared of any damage. He had a, a collarbone injury. So that's great news for them given the fact that he's only uh, just recently come back into this side and has been in good form. Uh, Connor Watson, he's been named to start at lock, and this will be his 100th game uh, in the NRL. So that's one of those milestones that snuck up quite quickly for Connor Watson. Uh, Adam O'Brien has often moved him back to the bench before kickoff, so he could well be coming off the bench for this milestone game this week. This game, Griffo, this has genuine top eight implications. We currently have the Newcastle Knights sitting two points ahead of the Sharks, Cronulla do not want to be in a position next week where they're four points behind the Newcastle Knights. No, but I think they will be, Graham. Um, uh, losing to the Warriors last week was a was a massive blow to the Sharks. Uh, uh, they had to win that game realistically if, if they were going to make the eight. Uh, and they didn't. They weren't good enough. Even though they played a team for 20 minutes that had 12 players, couldn't get the job done. And I say the reason they can't get the job done, Graham, is because the halves combination, um, while individually they're good players, uh, there's there's a lack of direction coming out of six and seven. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. missing. They they were flying along while while Johnson when when Johnson came back from injury. Um, and particularly when, when it was Johnson, the Johnson Moylan combination, so much skill, uh, in those two guys, mm. uh, and that level of skill isn't present for, for Braden Trindle and Connor Tracy. No, they're good supporting um, actors, but I wouldn't give them the lead well, in my motion picture. Yeah. I, I see Connor Tracy yeah. more as an outside back, um, good, good speed, good runner, good player, top 17 player, no doubt. Maybe not in the number six jumper, and it's not his fault. It's just that uh, you know they they've got those injuries, and of course they released Chad Townsend early from his uh, contract, uh, and unfortunately, um, you know it's it's starting to bite for them. Um, the loss again, you know Talakai in the centres. Not quite sure that's. That's the answer. Um, they mm. may have no one else, but uh, he started out as a centre. But he's one of those players. He's just too big a body, and it was yeah, it was pretty apparent fairly early on. He's, he's a back rower. He's almost a, a clone of. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. 
it'll come to me. He used to play for the Warriors, and then he came to play Conrad Hurrell. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like he's a clone of, of Conrad yeah. Hurrell. Big body, um, good ball runner. Well, short, almost as wide as, as he is tall. I mean, he's a powerhouse. Yeah. Great runner of the football. But whether he's got that lateral movement that you probably need a bit more out wider, I'm not quite sure. So um, he, I think he's he's really good at, at 11 or 12, but I don't know if he's going to be as, as good in the, in the centres, a, a bit wider out. Uh, I just can't see the Sharks winning this game. Uh, given that that Newcastle are in form at the moment and they've got key players, Kalen Ponga, Mitchell Pearce, Jaden Braley, all playing in this game. Um, the forward pack is a very strong one. Uh, I think the forward pack is better than what the Sharks have, even though I do like the Sharks' forward pack overall. I just think the Knights are a little bit stronger in that area. Uh, there's certainly is a, a much bigger pack, uh, the Newcastle Knights, with the likes of the Safiti brothers. And you got Clemmer coming off the bench. Uh, Tyson Frizzell returned to form last week. Um, I just think the skill level uh, of Newcastle. And look, they've got a superstar in the number one, Caelan Ponga. And, and to be fair, um, to, to the Sharks, they're, they're a good team, but there's no superstar there. Um, really good player is William Kennedy. I really like him, but he's not a Kalen Ponga. Um, uh, it's, it's hopefully Bradman Best is, you know, he's, he doesn't risk further injury. Apparently, they took him to hospital last week and thought, well, they've lost him again for a while. His name this week. Um, if I'm if I'm Adam O'Brien, if Bradman Best not hundred percent, I'd not be playing him. It's too important. I really think they make the eight. It might be just a good idea to give him that extra week off. I think they win whether he plays or he doesn't play. Wow. Um, so I'm I'm going with the Knights, Graham. Yeah, I, I I'm sort of in a. I I think the Knights will win. Uh, where I kind of disagree with you, I think they'll want best in the side this week. I think if he's any chance of playing, I think they're a much better side with him. And for me, I think they'll be looking at this more as a game where they're coming up against one of the other teams that are in contention for the eight. So a win over the Sharks would really boost their chances and um, and dent a contender's chances at the same time. So um, I think what really has been... The plus for the Knights in recent weeks are the key players in key positions. And we know that uh, the spine's very important. We talk about having that settled spine. And on this podcast, we even talk about, um, you know, the fact that the lock makes up that spine. But looking at your Ponga um, and Pierce, that, that, that's your real, um, you know, uh, uh, core of this team. And since Pierce has been back and they've, 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 they have looked a lot better and they've had a lot more structure and it's what we've said the Sharks are probably going to lack this week. But we also see in these teams that you need a little bit of strikeout wide. And I think that Bradman Best adds so much more to this team. He's a superstar of the future. He's uh, a superstar I, I today. don't disagree with I, that, Graham. I, I'm giving the Sharks the credit to the point where I think that this is going to be super close. And if I were the Knights, I'm probably not as confident as you, Griffo. That's probably what I'm saying. I think the Knights okay. might need best to, 
to uh, have that extra little bit of X factor to get over the top of the Sharks. I think this is still going to be a tight one. And these are those teams just around that middle. They're in that scrap in the middle of the competition in that eight where you you just don't know what you're going to get from some of them week to week. the Sharks have disappointed me a couple of times. There's been a few games where I've I've tipped the Sharks and they. No, um... I really thought they. I thought they were going to make the eight. You know, when we did that analysis like a few weeks ago, I had the Sharks as one of my teams. I think I had the Sharks and the Titans yeah. from memory. Last um, week, I just could not. I, I even with those Simbins, Kane Evans went off. Kane Evans, as we said. Spent a couple of stints in the Simbins, and the Sharks still couldn't beat the Warriors. Couldn't get the job done, no. and, and the Warriors are. A, at the moment, an inferior, an inferior uh, rugby league team to what the Newcastle Knights are, certainly on paper. Correct. Um, no, so I, I, I definitely think the Knights get this one. Yeah, my, I agree. My quandary, Graham, is is who I'm going to pick for my joker this week. There's no standout really. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going back to the uh, the start of the week. I think. Most jokers will come out of the first two games. I'm thinking. I think a lot of people might go Panthers for their margin this week, but I think the Storm are probably also a, a, a good option against the Raiders. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I'm gonna have to think about that one. I think I think Manly can get a job done over Para as well. Souths um, get their defence sorted. There. Oh, that's a that's a that's, possibility. But that's a big if. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, um, look, I have no doubt Souths win that game. I just don't know if, if they win by a huge score because, as I said, I do think the Titans have got all the points in them. But um, I guess it comes down to really you got to pick a team that you're most confident are going to win the game. Um, see, I, I agree with you. The Panthers are a chance, but I don't think Panthers have got team to to score a big margin win. Myself, mm. I think the, the other thing would be almost similar to last week that they'll get the job done, but it won't be big. Um, uh, we know that the storm they you know, they they'll turn. If, I think they'll, they will win. At least you, you know went, you're going to be in the plus. If you had the storm every week for your joker this year, you're probably leading the comp. I dare say, given well, the, the number of you would. They got the best foreign against in the comp. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're they only and that's two losses. And that's something we haven't talked about either. Not that it's... They're for and against. They've got a differential. Like, they're plus 475. Yeah. Uh, they'll be plus 500 going yeah. into next week. They're, that's phenomenal. That's a, that's that's really good. I mean, they've only... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, they've scored a 700 points so far. Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, if you went them every week, you'd you'd not be far off. Like the leader in the uh, or the leaders are in that Joker in the FIFA plus uh, I think five Close to five hundred. Yeah, so you yeah, wouldn't they, be far they're off. Over the, oh, they're over. Like I think I'm in fourth spot, like five twenty one. Mm. I think first approximately off top ads five thirty four. So don't tell the um, listeners where I am because I've struggled with this one. No, well, <laughs> I, had, it's, I had a couple it's, of weeks where my team got done. But see, the thing <laughs> is, uh, you might have forgotten to put a tip in once or twice, so which that didn't help. So that's true. Uh, I think I did forget yeah. once or twice. Yeah, and that makes a big, big difference depending on whether someone comes up with a real dud for the round, as as sometimes happens. Um, but anyway. Uh, that's just a bit of fun. Um, 
it's good fun. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know who I'm going to go with yet, but uh, uh, as I said, I'm I going the storm. In most games, in most games, I'm reasonably confident, confident of tipping the winner. Not so much in the Broncos Roosters, but um, but I'm just not sure what the margins are going to be. So uh, we'll see how we go. And you, you're going to stick with the storm, then, Graham. Lock me in for the storm. Put it Locked in. in. Locked in. Locked so I got the storm this week. Um, yeah, so I won't have to wait too long to see if my uh, my margin, my joker and the thief, whatever you like to call it in your tipping comp comes through because that's the Thursday night game. Uh, really looking forward to the footy tomorrow night. Really looking forward to the, the footy all round. Um, just before we go, just one thing I wanted to ask you, Griffo, and this isn't something that we've talked about off air, um with the current covid restrictions and lockdown in new south wales we can just about say that uh we're not going to see any more football this year uh who where i should say where would you like to to think that the grand final ends up uh come the first week of october yeah um it's a good question graham um I think it'll end up at Suncorp. I think that's fair enough. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I th- there's a lot of arguments why it, you know, why it would be there. I just want to see it wherever it is where they can maximise the revenue coming in for the game because they've taken a massive hit uh, as a result of of having to move teams to Brisbane or to Southeast Queensland, I should say, um, and put them up in the hotels and whatnot. The loss of revenue through a number of weeks where there've been no crowds, some weeks where they've had crowds, but, you know, they played games on the Gold Coast and, you know, there's a couple of thousand people might have been there. So clubs are feeling the pinch, um, Obviously, the NRLs feel on the pinch. So I'm supportive of whatever makes the most money or brings the most money back into the game. Um, there's going to be a massive loss this year for the NRL. Um, and uh, I guess just want to see that minimised as much as possible. Um, I don't mind the concept of of the game being played at Eden Park in New Zealand. Um, of course, we, we've both been to that ground. Um, oh, yeah. It's uh, it's a good place, obviously, to watch a game of rugby league, the home of, uh, of, of rugby union in New Zealand. And, and some might almost say the home of rugby union full stop, given the you know, the fact that the All Blacks for, for decades have been the dominant rugby union side. Um, but uh, I wouldn't mind it being played there. It's not as big a capacity as um, as Suncorp, so that's a factor. It is going to mean more expense, again, flying teams over. And, 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 and do we uh, have to be concerned about, like, yeah, you know, international travel safety issues. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's just whether they can actually get in the country and get yeah. back. You know, um, so there's those issues around it. I uh, think Brisbane. Apparently... I think Brisbane's a no-brainer. To be honest with you, I really strongly feel as though Brisbane's the only place this game can be held. 
Well, I'm loath to say that, Graham. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look. I'm trying to be very fair. If you're yeah. if you're a Queenslander and you look at the you look at for years they've been tr- they've been crying out to have you know the grand final and Sydney's always had it. If anyone apart from Sydney, if we look at this, you know, totally you know impartial and and fairly, if anyone, if we're looking at any rugby league heartland that's uh, a major city that could host a big game like this and we're looking at a great ground and somewhere at the moment too where the NRL is saying, hey, this this part of Australia is also safe for the players. Um, you know, A lot of Queenslanders were making an argument that the, the grand final should go to, to Suncorp you know, on an alternate basis with Sydney anyway. I, I think this is a really good opportunity to give, give Queensland that grand final. The only worry well, I have is that... They've had three state of origin games, so... They've had their fair share. Uh, yeah, but I think I think it, I think it'd be fair enough to give them a grand final. I think a grand finals is, is fair. I think that's something that they've never seen, and well, it's not as and and this is really, um, you know, this is a massive rugby league heartland. I think it's a good opportunity to give them that grand final that a lot of fans up there have been um, have been wanting for a long time. Well, look, I, I will say this, Graham, and, and I, while I don't disagree with what you've said. And I and I am somewhat biased. I, I will say that. <laughs> um, I think you can't. They can't lock it in because no. it's just. It, it just depends on at the time, at the time, what this virus is doing in various parts of Australia and indeed, obviously, in New Zealand. True. Um, and I want to see. I want to see a, a Puck Stadium. Number one, I want to see Penrith there. Um, that's I want to see the Panthers winning. I don't care. They can play it at you know. They can play it at uh, Ipswich. I don't give. Like they can play on the moon. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, as long as my team is there and winner, I'm not going to yep. be there obviously to see it. But um, more important than the venue is is you know I want to see my team win. The, um, but in saying that, as I said, if, if I want to be impartial, uh, I, I want what's best for, for the NRL um, simply because I, I, I love rugby league and, and I want to see the NRL making as much money as they can um, so that things can continue to go well for this competition mm. into the future because they've taken a massive hit yeah. over the last couple of years. So that means uh, playing in front of a crowd. Well, definitely. There mm. must be a crowd. So and whether that's, whether that's mm. in Brisbane, whether that's in Townsville. Yep. Um, and, and I think, look, you've got to consider. So a crowd um, in Townsville makes more sense than an empty stadium in Brisbane. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, you know, it might be that, that it's played at, at Townsville. Um, yeah, it's not the world's biggest or Australia's biggest venue, but if it's COVID-free and you fill we're, the thing... We're lucky to have a game uh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So if if it comes to pass, that and, and they've had a few issues in, in southeast Queensland, COVID-related recently, Obviously mm. not on the scale that we've had here in, in Sydney. But if it's clean 
um, COVID clean I'm talking about. And they can pack Suncorp with 52,000 people. Um, sure. Yeah. Play it there. Yeah. If it's not COVID clean, and for example, um, the Victorian government says, look, we've got an MCG here uh, or a, whatever that Docklands place is. Uh, I can't forget what the name oh, is. I think now. they now, is it Marvel Stadium now? The, oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we can fit X number of people and we're COVID free and we're going to, we're going to put that many or allow that many people to come and we're going to throw in, you know, a bit extra cash as a bit of a, uh, incentive. Then I've got no problem with that. Likewise, Adelaide, um, likewise Perth, although they don't seem to really want anyone to enter. Mm. Uh, Western Australia. Um, I just want to see what's best for. Well, firstly, it's got to be a crowd, um, and it's got to be a big crowd, as as big as can be. But it's and that's going to be. You know, we don't know that we're sitting here. I think it's the 11th of August at the moment. The grand finals, the first Sunday in October. Yeah. Um, and you know, who knows? Who knows what what's going to be going on in 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 relation to COVID? Um, and we might not know where the game's being played until that week. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not going to be announced beforehand. It'd it's be, crazy to think that, yeah. that that's the case, but that's the reality of, of we the can, world we now live in. And we can speculate all we want. We're um, you know, and the way things are at the moment with uh, with lockdowns and so on, it only takes a couple of cases for a lockdown to occur. So the look, we uh, look. I think the real thing we should be hoping and looking forward to is, um, you know, hoping and praying one that everyone in Australia is safe and healthy. But given the given the current climate we live in, we need to understand that we'll be very lucky. Um, we, we still could be very lucky to get this competition finished this year. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I think we will, but you know, we've got to, we've got to come to terms with the fact that just the competition existing at the moment and being able to continue and having the, um, the comp run out of Southeast Queensland at the moment is, uh, is, is more of a privilege than a, than a right. So there's plenty, plenty up in the air, Griffo, plenty to, yeah. you know, to, to, to continue to ponder, but we're very lucky that we've got footy at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. And hats off, hats off to those who've made it possible. Yeah. Yeah. Huge call, especially, you know, I know we, we, we love New South Wales and we don't often uh, give, give credit north of the border, but you know, there's a lot of people up north of the border, Queensland, Absolutely. even, yep. you know, even the government and whatnot there for allowing, you know, even you look uh, a couple of weeks ago when um, there was a lockdown and games got shifted uh, for that still to be able to happen, for a city to be locked down and have NRL play uh, play games still was was great to see. So uh, definitely a positive, definitely something we want to see. And uh, we definitely appreciate your support this week and we look forward to uh, another round of footy. We and do. Uh, that'll just about do us this week, Griffo. People who've listened, thank you. Tell your friends. Um, and stay safe stay safe have fun watch the footy this week and love it 
Take care, everyone. See ya. Bye-bye.